Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Uni Tanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Great beer is about drinkability. Doesn't matter oh, yeah. the style. You guys are like walking beer Wikipedia. That's the first time that you've ever accepted me as a person. Or you have a fermentation in your gut. Yeah. I'm chef propelled at all times. <laughs> How many guys do you think that you have the privilege to slap? Somebody who's never tasted a commercial example, and this is how you know everything about this beer? Please, you don't. I think you know, it's bullshit. The, <laughs> I think it's bullshit, too. Wow. Are you guys going to arm wrestle? No. no. We're going to teabag fight. Yeah. <laughs> you heard of Junkyard Wars? Can I get another high five, Beavis? <laughs> now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers. Craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Welcome, everybody. This is the Session Quarantine Edition. This is a very strange time that we're living in, but you know what we can't do without is entertaining you people at home. So we're putting together a show specifically for you. This is a best of the session. And I'm joined live, actually, which is kind of cool, with my co-hosts, Sean and Teresa, both of which should be here uh, with me. We should all be in the studio, but uh, apparently some people can't wash their hands enough, so now everyone's sequestered in their homes. Sean and Teresa, how are you doing? Oh, JP, it's so nice to be with you. I was going <laughs> to invite you to a uh, a remote happy hour sometime this week. So I would I, love that. I feel like you just beat me to the punch, so... <laughs> Very happy to be here. So is that is that it? Then I'm not going to get invited because we're 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 working on it. Like we're working during our our partying session. Well, it just yeah, it depends on how this goes. Like <laughs> if you're up to snuff, damn it. Like if you're up to my standards for this uh, this remote recording, then it could still happen. Okay, all right, I'll hold my I, breath. I do miss Bevo too. So I do miss yeah. yeah. I do miss Bebo too. I'm talking to her every now and then for you know for on on ears up, and uh, that's been pretty. Yeah. Uh, excuse me, that's been pretty cool. And then Sully, how you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm doing well. It's uh, 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 so Teresa and I have been trying to do a show together for a long time, and now uh, we're virtually connected. We're finally together, Teresa. We're here. This we're is awesome. It. I know, I know. I just wish I could see your lovely 
my mug right now. I wish I could give you a hug, except for the social distancing would prevent it from happening anyway. So I'll just, I'll have to wait for it. Yes, we're not going to do that. We're just going to have to do this right now. <laughs> just do the virtual elbow bump to you, Sully. That's there right. you go. I'm doing it right. Actually, I'm actually doing it. My cat's looking at me like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's okay, Cody. You're fine. <laughs> you just do the, the, the hands folded and then the slight bow and just say namaste to each other. And I feel like that's how people in Berkeley and Auburn, for that matter, should be talking to each other. <laughs> it's true. But up here, we just we mostly give a, like a half smile and a side eye. That's our deal. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so anyway, everybody, just so you guys know, especially here in the Bay Area, but I, I know it's, 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 the movement is gaining force um, across the, uh, the country and some countries in the world. Uh, we are all shut in. We're locked in here. This is, I think, week two of quarantine over here in the Bay Area, and uh, things are a little nutty. Uh, just to keep you up to speed on um, what's happening at the BN the reason we're not at the studio, I'm at my home studio. Actually, I'm in my tiki room because I pulled my studio apart to record in the tiki room because it's much more, uh, you know, it's a cooler ambiance, but that's beside the point. Um, the studio's closed. Um, I think the Hop Grenade is, I think, doing bottle service. I'm not entirely sure what's going on there, but we're all just sort of keeping away from each other, which is kind of my ideal life, if I'm honest. I don't have to see anybody. I don't have to touch anybody. I can talk to people, but then I'm just home in my, you know, in my kingdom. Do you guys feel that way? Or is, are you, are you, or how are you taking, Sully, how are you taking to quarantine life? Uh, you know, actually, I haven't really been, I mean, I am doing quarantine, but we are still like, so at the production brewery in San Leandro, we're, uh, we're cranking. I mean, we're, we're, we've got a skeleton crew. Uh, we've had to make some drastic changes in the interim. Uh, but we are, the orders are still coming in and we are, we're selling beer. It's, it's kind of wild. Uh, so, uh, and we have such a, we have this huge space, so there's a lot of room for us. So we have, we get the social distancing thing is not a problem. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I have like, you know, uh, isopropyl alcohol, like, you know, all over <laughs> everywhere and, uh, gloves and everybody's, you know, um, minding the, minding the rules for that. So, um, I have not okay. really been in lockdown too much um Man. i've been moving around but i've been kind of alone while i'm doing it okay how's that make sense? that makes sense that so, makes total sense yeah i saw yeah. you were you were dropping off beer the other day for strangers you went to field work and grabbed some crawlers and you were dropping them off at people's houses you're yeah, the beer I mean, santa it's, my neighborhood uh, it's that's so i live up here in berkeley and so some of my neighbors we've they've been dropping food off so i was like i i saw that you know field work was uh you know still like growler service and so i wanted to support them so i bought I bought a bunch of growlers and then just drove them around and like left these little like christmas presents on people's porches tonight ryan and i like you know busted out a bunch of uh pizzas in this little pizza oven i have and then just drove around and uh and dropped them off so it's like I don't know. It's just you feel better about going out and doing something like that. I think, yeah. you know, people seem to be more friendlier in some ways, although the people on the road right now, because I've been driving around a lot. I mean, it's like lawless. It's like, <laughs> you know, like there's you, you, nobody has to be anywhere, but everybody's driving like 100 miles an hour. Well, because cops won't pull you over because they don't want to get <laughs> out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I think that's really nice, man. I, 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 you know, and I feel you with the um, 
people seem to be nicer because you're sort of like you're all going through this dumb thing to I mean, it's not dumb it's very smart and everybody should be staying home and washing their hands don't worry about it but it it it, it feels kind of almost ridiculous like day 5 or 6 i was going really is it really even though i'm inundating myself with news and information and you know i know now i'm i'm confident that i could get up uh, on the po- on the podium at the white house daily lectures and give a lecture on this whole dumb stuff like I, that's how much i know i'm confident in in everything um, but you do sort of have to smile at your neighbors a little bit more. Taryn and I try to go on walks daily with the kid and it's, it's weird because, uh, you see people and I'm trying to make eye contact just to say hi. So they know that I know that they're going through a hard time <laughs> and it's very, <laughs> there's a lot of projection going on. Teresa, how are you handling it? You all right? Well, I mean, I'm super glad you didn't talk to me last week because oh, no. I was having kind of a mental crisis. But I, I feel like this week I'm doing much better. <laughs> and, That's good. And I, I don't really know why that is. I mean, it's so I'm a person that I, I like change, but I have to like have a certain amount of time to get used to it. And I feel like so much change hit me so quickly that I kind of like froze up. Like I, I had a hard time moving forward and, you know, we're, we have three kids in elementary school. We're homeschool hundred percent. All of a sudden we have a brewery that's, you know, employed 15 people up till now. And all of a sudden we employ, uh, I don't know how many people on account, maybe three. (laughs) Oh, wow. So all that stuff hit kind of at the same time. And I was like, I kind of lost my ability to cope for a little while. And then I was like, okay, here's my new reality. I'm going to like gain purchase over this and figure out what the next step is. And so, yeah, Hell yeah. I'm, I'm doing a bit better, but it's been a shock. It's been a big, big thing for us, obviously. Yeah. You know, and we were saying something before we went live here uh, in my recording that uh, you, you, it, it sort of it really depends on where you were cash flow wise when this whole thing hit as a brewery. I know there are breweries that are closing down over this permanently, which is very sad. And I don't pretend to know the ins and outs of it, but um, it's hitting the industry really hard. And, um, you know, for people who are doing curbside delivery, I think that's really cool. You know, you got to go out and support these people, but also stay away from them at the same time. <laughs> it is, it is, it's yeah. very, it's very interesting to, to feel this pull to support local business. And, and that's our industry, right? Craft beer is always about supporting local guys, supporting the breweries in your town, supporting your favorite breweries, but, you know, local first, because that really matters. And now it matters even more, but also, you can't go and really do a, a, a successful job at supporting them. You kind of like, let me pop the trunk for you, kid, and throw the stuff in my car. It's, it, I don't know. It's, it's very awkward. Absolutely. I mean, the so for us, we have decided to continue with to go beer, and we're launching delivery starting tomorrow. We're going to start, Ooh. you know, taking delivery orders and start our first delivery on thursday oh man i love that is uh is oakley in your delivery area uh for sure no <laughs> oh but maybe I can just... so so the other delivery option is gsl which used to be gso i'm wondering Sully probably knows a bit more about that than i do i don't know if he uses it or even has to because he 
distribute so far, but it's like, that's one way that you can send beer further, at least throughout California. Um, but yeah, for, yeah for us, it's like, we, we have made the decision to keep moving forward. I'm thanking the good gods for our canning line. I'm super happy we have a canning line because we've been canning beer twice a week in huge amounts. We're canning all of the beer that's going out the door. Wow. Um, if we didn't have a canning line, that I don't even know what we'd be doing right now. I mean, it would be really, really tough. So, God. yeah, for us, it's like uh, we are so package heavy. Uh, in fact, I always like uh, kind of complain that, you know, when I go into an account and I don't see like our beer on draft and, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you know, uh, I'm going, God damn, what's, you know, why isn't our beer here? But right now I feel really lucky because we, you know, we are in a lot of grocery stores. We are in Costco. And so on those accounts just keep pulling and pulling. So uh, it's unfortunate in that sense. But it, I mean, we have yeah. definitely felt it. I mean, you know, on a personal level, you know, we had to lay off our entire pub staff. Uh, so we've shut yeah. the pub down except for a manager and a chef. And we're kind of, we're sort of trying to do this model of like, food out the window kind of thing uh, and also some growler sales as yeah. well as six pack sales and then we had to furlough a lot of production people as well so it's like man but for me i think uh i kind of went into uh we have to do this to make the you know you have to you have to make decisions hard decisions in order so that the company is there so once everything else comes back online when everything comes back online that people come back and they can have their jobs their jobs will be there um, and, but it's just unfortunate. I mean, it's like, I felt like for three days, like you, Teresa, I was like, we like Nico and I, and you know, our, our, our leadership team, like just in a war room, just trying to like, yeah. what are the decisions and all the, inf- and the information is coming in fast and furious. And you're like, you're trying to figure out what you can do, what you can't do when the San Francisco mandate came in for shelter in place. And then it was extended to the, to, uh, the rest of the Bay area counties, um, we were just like reading it. You're trying to read into it. What can we do? What we can't do? Trying to get interpretation of it, and like, uh, so it was fast and furious. And I think because I was so locked into it, I didn't really feel it, like, you know, emotionally. Um, yeah. Oh, and that's the other thing. That's the other thing that sucked about this. I had to put my dog down last Friday. That oh. was like yeah. that. So that's the thing. Like everything else was like, yeah, that's no problem mm-hmm. at all. But I had to put my, you know, my sweet Snickers down. It was this beautiful, <laughs> was this beautiful, like white, like lab and uh, oh. uh, uh, what uh, great Pyrenees. Uh, and that was so, you know, oh, Sully. That when that happens, you're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I can take I can take care of anything. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Old Snickeroonies, dude. That's too bad. Yeah. That's so anyway, bad, but uh, yeah, so it's been a rough week, but I don't know. I just feel like I'm in survival mode and just like, it'll, it'll actually probably will happen in like another couple weeks. I'll be like, I'll like, you just find me in a corner, like shriveled up, you know, just bawling my head off, rocking back and forth. <laughs> that's right. Honestly, that's probably the best policy to like, wait till the time is right to fall apart because like while the crisis is happening, it's not helping anyone. No. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> like, That'll wait till stability is there and then fall apart. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna take that. That's right. <laughs> well, so this show is uh, is really meant to sort of you know bring you guys up to speed with uh, the history of the Brewing Network, you know, perhaps, or uh, at least just help you forget about your current state of uh, affairs 
and uh, you know, sort of let's revel in a little bit of beer fun. I have some clips planned for you. I have three clips, and uh, as of this recording, Justin's going to be emailing me a fresh interview that I will splice in yet. I haven't heard it. I have no idea what it's about, but I'm sure it's going to be good. And uh, we have we have clips with Su- involving Sully, and uh, unfortunately not Teresa because we go back as far as like 2007 in some of this. Like this is like like you know uh, green on the vine brewing network, not the polished uh, <laughs> the polished machine you see now. But what I want to do before we get to all those people is I want to thank our sponsor, More Beer. You go to morebeer.com. I, unfortunately, I should have checked in with Chris uh, or Olin over there. I don't know that they're shipping. I have no idea what's going on over there. I don't know. I know that people are still home brewing, and I know that uh, delivery service, services are still happening. I'm sure the, the, the shops are closed, but uh, regardless, go check them out and, uh, and, and support them and follow them on social media. You'll, you'll get all the new updates or whatever. And, and like Sully said, when this thing sort of opens back up, support the people who are keeping the Brewing Network afloat, keeping the Brewing Network online, uh, keeping us uh, able on, uh, to broadcast, to do these uh, kinds of shows. I'm looking up more beer. I just did too. <laughs> <laughs> I since they supply the brewing industry, oh, it says all of our showrooms are temporarily closed, but yeah. they're currently working from home. Okay. Support questions. Okay, so that's perfect. Even better. So if you, well, yeah. not even better, but you know what I mean. Uh, if you have brewing questions, or you have any questions at all, the people at More Beer are pros. They're experts. At this, so check them out. Morebeer.com. Sorry, as of right now, all orders placed will still be fulfilled and shipped according to the promise date listed during checkout. Wow. Currently, we have no shipping delays to report from any of our shipping partners. I love it. I love it. I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Why not, man? Keep brewing some beers. I know. You know. I know a lot of people are still brewing out there. So that's. Uh, that's a good thing. Let's do a couple of announcements. Shockingly enough, we have announcements here brought to you by Beersmith. Get your 21-day free trial of the absolute 100% best brewing software on the market. Check them out. It's free. It's no cost to you. If you don't like it, there's something wrong with you. Go to the doctor because you have uh, you have some sort of anomaly in your brain if Beersmith is not the, the software for you. So check it out. Beersmith.com. Free for 21 days. Um, Spring Brews Fest, of course, has been postponed. It was supposed to be this weekend. And uh, again, with the mandate from, uh, you know, from the the governor and and from our mayor and Concord, uh, we're postponing Spring Brews Fest. I don't have a date for you currently because nobody really knows what's going on yet. Um, I know Bev worked, I think, 12 hours in a row refunding people their tickets i felt real bad for her um wow yeah but don't count us out we're definitely going to come back it's going to be great don't worry about it um but yeah unfortunately just you know to keep everybody safe and to 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 sort of flatten this curve like they say uh we had to we made the decision to 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 postpone not cancel postpone spring bruce fest so uh check that out if you want to still support the show and, and and honestly right now we need your support more than uh, more than ever, uh, with a lot of businesses, you know, shuttering and, and closing down and kind of reducing or whatever, uh, we need support from from the listeners uh, as much as we can. So, if you're still doing Amazon shopping, which I am as 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 well, I ordered a uh, 
a watercolor set, Sully. You might appreciate this. I know you started doing some little painting <laughs> oh, wow. every now and then. Well, because I, I think watercolor's kind of tight. It, it it sort of speaks to me in, in the sense where like you don't need to be really good to do it because um, like watercolor. Uh, the whole water the whole watercolor community is like just going is groaning right now. Oh, we don't have to. You're not good at. Oh, it's easy. I would I would honestly love it if the watercolor community and the brewing network community intertwined somewhere in some bizarre Venn diagram where like the third would be like weird autistic traits that people have and that would be the third circle because uh, no but like you know what I mean where where it's like what am I trying to say when you when you do watercolor it it, it can bleed out of the lines and it's sort of okay because yeah. that's how it is it can be forgiving. Th- thank you. Yes, it can be forgiving. So it took a week. In case you guys don't know, Amazon Prime is now like a week out of stuff. Uh, and they may not have – I, I read somewhere that they're, they're only replenishing, uh, you know, essentials, right? So they're not probably – once all the watercolor sets are out, they're probably not going to be replacing those. But whenever they come in, all of that stuff goes in my garage and it sits <laughs> because it's in quarantine. All my packages come in. They, they go through quarantine, man. I'm serious because it can live on cardboard for 24 hours. And then you are on, serious, actually. I am. Oh, 100%. And then on uh, plastic for three days. So everything sits in for four days in the garage before I, before I get to it. So uh, You just got to figure out what that, what that fog stuff that the, you know, the Chinese or the Italians were going through the streets and, like, spraying the fog. I, I, would, I would hit that from a bong in a second if I didn't think it would kill me. I don't know. Thicken four nine or like simple green. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're, you're watching a lot of news, aren't you? Um, I'm not watching any. No, but I, I I am reading it, and so you guys know I have I have general anxiety. I have I'm an insane person, and I'm I'm reading a lot about it because I want to be informed. But then it I, I like spiral. So I actually emailed my doctor last week. I'm like, hey, Doctor E. Um, he's a Greek man. He's from Athens, and it's literally the reason I chose him. Um, but I can't pronounce his last name. <laughs> it's like Elephronides or something like that. So um, anyway, I'm like, hey, Dr. E, uh, I'm having a hard time, as we all are, I'm sure. Um, can I get a refill on my anxiety medication? Because he'll only give it to me like if I tell him, oh, it's travel season, you know, so I need, and it'll be like seven pills at a time because he goes, eh, you really should like learn how to deal with your anxiety. Uh, this this time the prescription was for 30. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, God bless Dr. E, but those are in a bag, <laughs> just waiting, well, I think, I was, for two more I days. Was, I was trying to find a psychologist in uh, the time of COVID-19, and uh, I'm not sure that's even going to work. Like, I emailed mm. people, and their email legitimately bounced. Wow. Oh, wow. It's too many people, I would <laughs> guess. That was the me of last week. I think the me of this week can can. Cope. You got it. Yeah, handled it. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, you get you get a little better. But uh, anyway, if you want to support us via your Amazon shopping, go to our Amazon link. When you go to the homepage, the 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 fresh shows posted are on the left. Those are two Doctor Homebrews that just got released today, as a matter of fact, from uh, the recorded in February in a, in a simpler, kinder time. Um, but on the right, you'll see a thing that says "How to Support the Brewing Network." Click on that. That'll have your Amazon link right there. Do your Amazon shopping via the Brewing Network. It helps us out. You get your stuff in, you know, a week after quarantine, and uh, everything will be great. 
<laughs> also, uh, it, you might not think it helps, but listen to our other shows, please. Now more than ever, Sour Hour, Heads and Tails, um, Doctor Homebrew, of course, Brew Strong, all that kind of stuff. Support the shows. Listen to us. Uh, that'd be uh, you know very cool for you. You can subscribe and join the, the BN Army. And, of course, make sure your address is current in PayPal um, so your card can get charged so we can take your money. But uh, donate to us if you want to for a little less 2 bucks a month. And we have, like, I don't even know, 500,000 shows. I don't know. I, you know what I would like to do, <laughs> Sully, is I would like to go through the website and count up how many hours of content we actually have. Because we've been doing shows since 2005. And we have, I mean, those shows were four or five hours long back in 2005. I can't imagine. I mean, the session now is is definitely trimmed up and very different as we've matured and aged and gotten you know liver spots and stuff like that. So, hey, um, what are you talking about? <laughs> I was referring to me, but that's fine. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I I couldn't even fathom to guess. I couldn't even venture to guess how many hours we have. Well, you have time to actually do that right now because you're <laughs> you're, you're in lockdown. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but uh, we need you guys now more than ever. So uh, support us, uh, subscribe uh, on pay on uh, PayPal. Excuse me. Um, follow us, t- Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. If you have feedback, I'm still. Uh, my plan is to still keep doing these shows, but I think it's going to be best ofs for a little bit. So Bev has sort of cleared our schedule for April. Um, Tonight, or well, for th- this this show, this episode of the session was supposed to be True Symmetry Brewing um, out of California here somewhere. Uh, great people. I met them at uh, the Evil 3 release in <laughs> in some bum water town out where I live, out in the Delta. I forget where. I don't even know the town's name. Uh, Rio Vista, I think, is what it was. It's like a town of like four people. And, you know, they all lived there. But there were a lot of people at the release. It was really, really cool. But these guys were there. They're working part-time. One of them's a bark cop. The other's a fireman. So (laughs) they're working overtime already. And I called the owner, Jason. I'm like, hey, look, Jason, you have a really good name, very strong, solid name. Um, But we're going to postpone. He's like, oh, yeah, don't worry about it. It's totally fine. Um, So we had to to push back this show and push back a couple other guests. So I don't know what's going to happen um, for a, a Justin's road trip, I don't think that's going to happen either. A lot of things are still up in the air because a lot of places are closed. National parks are closed. A lot of breweries are closed, like I'm saying. A lot of towns are sort of shut down. So things are going to be real weird here at the Brewing Network. So hopefully you like the best ofs. I had a lot of fun pulling these clips. I, uh, it was really cool to kind of hear us. <laughs> um, <laughs> a lot of squeaky voices. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of squeaky voices. And you know what? I'll be 100% honest with you. Like listening to, to the first clip we're going to play here after the break um, in 2007, um, I've kind of forgot how good Justin is at hosting these shows. I mean, we were doing four or five hour shows back then, and the kid had energy and just knew the direction of the show to go. And it was like, wow. I was like, wow, that's really not that he doesn't now. I'm not saying that, but, but you being, kind of are, but anyway, go well, ahead. you know, but being, but being the so underhanded compliment. Ever. <laughs> well, see, and this is what gets me into trouble because I don't mean it underhanded, 
but it's just it comes out that way because I'm not very good at what I do. But uh, you know, it's it's <laughs> like you just sort of forget, right? Like like being being along in that timeline and being there. Like I was going through my own bullshit, right? And so I just I didn't really pull myself back enough to go, wow, this is we're we're in a we're in a thing, right? We're doing we're, this is a movement, or we're we're providing something new, and and uh, now everybody you know everybody does it. But uh, it was I don't know, it was really cool. It was just it was just fun to 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 heat to listen back to 2007. I think of 2009, and then a show from 2011, and um, wow, it, yeah, it was a lot of fun. So hopefully you guys like it. I think we're 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 going to be doing a little bit more of those. Um, so if you have feedback on the show, you can send that to feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com. Sully, you're supposed to be sponsoring the Twitter game, but we don't have a Twitter game because this show is not live. It is recorded, so oh. I apologize. But um, I don't know. What do you want to do? We can talk about the uh, Pete's Coffee and 21st Amendment collab beer. Yeah, we did a collaboration with Pete's Coffee, uh, which is a Bay Area company that's been around since, uh, actually, Berkeley Company since 1966. And so the name of the beer is called... Uh, 1966 coffee IPA. Uh, we used a special roast that they um, they bring out every January, uh, around January, uh, called Ethiopian Supernatural. It's got these uh, really nice fruity blueberry notes to it, and uh, sort of built an IPA around it. And uh, it's uh, it's a very elegant beer. I think it's uh, you know. The thing about it was that we didn't want to uh, just do what everybody does with coffee when you brew with with it, was which is do a dark beer because, of course, the dark malts uh, pair nicely with uh, roasted coffee notes. So um, we uh, we kind of fought against that that idea and that notion and uh, came up with a nice recipe and. Uh, it's on shelves right now if you can find it while you're looking for your toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you can find that too. You know, I, I would love to, having known you on, on professionally on the show and then personally, <laughs> I, I, I would love to, like my, my, my impression of you professionally is just basically just you as a person, but I would love to like sit in one of these tasting sessions or when you're trying to like planning this coffee IPA where you're tasting the coffee and you're talking about that. Just to be on a, a fly on the wall and, and watching Sully work in his environment, I think would be very would be very fascinating. I don't know why. Well, I, I, well, first of all, you're banging around. I don't know what you're doing with your tiki drink right now, uh, but uh, <laughs> that is not me. I'm blaming no, Teresa not, on that one. Uh, okay, um, so I. Uh, well, it, you would see a man in turmoil. <laughs> uh, I, I am like, I hate everything I do. I, I mean, if you want to peel the curtain back and hear this story right now, I do. I am. I beat myself up to death, and I think every brewer probably does that at some level because the the, the moment you think you're doing it right and you don't want to make a change here or there, you should just throw your te- your keys on the desk and walk out the door. I think that you're always trying to figure out how to make it better. I mean, wow. as much as I love this coffee IPA, and I love this. Coffee coffee IPA a lot. I yeah. still know I do a little, I would do some small little different things to it just because it's the first time we've brewed it. Uh, and I'm just that way all the time. I just have to be that way. I just am never, ever happy. It drives my staff nuts because it's like, <laughs> this is really good. I was like, eh. I mean, if I, it, the way I come about it is like, I think it's a lot better than a guy like Roger Davis, probably from Faction, because I mean these guys probably on like some sort of watch program all the time. But oh, oh, yeah. um, for me, it's like <laughs> anyway. 
there's the fly on the wall. Well, you know what? I've I I feel you, and I vibe with that for sure because I think not, nothing I do is ever ever good enough. And I wonder if it's if it's in the beer industry. And, and and Teresa, maybe you can talk to me a little bit about this, where it's it's beer, right? And so you have a a, a concept in your head about how you want it to taste. But I feel like when you give somebody beer, already the beer is going to be at least good because it's free beer for that person. And so any feedback you get from basically anybody, um, it's hard to trust. Oh, for sure. Like you don't you don't want to take beer advice from a friendly ever. Like that's <laughs> <laughs> that's why you had our beer competitions. Like anyone who's your buddy and is tasting our beer is always going to give you like incomplete feedback. So yeah. yeah, I mean that, that's the whole point of entering the best beer competitions you can enter because okay. if they don't know who you are, they can give you honest feedback and then you can take that and do something with it. Otherwise it's like, you're just, yeah, I don't, I love you, <laughs> but I don't trust you. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're getting a pat on the back from someone. Yeah. So I guess yeah, if you want to feel good. Thank you. But I mean, I do, I do have some, friends that are beer judges that are like i can really get an honest opinion from yeah. kind of but like even then not a hundred percent so <laughs> well you know what can you do um well let's do some feedback here feedback today is brought to you by the beer law center go to beerlawcenter.com john over there will protect your trademark he will help you file any federal papers you need to file he will just Talk to you if you want someone to talk to, and we all need someone to talk to in these trying times. So uh, I don't know that he'll talk to you. So please, if you have like problems, <laughs> don't call John at thebeerlawcenter.com because he probably won't talk to you, but he would want to, and that's all that matters. Let's do feedback real quick. This one is uh, the subject is Teresa P. What? Yeah. Um, it's from Keith. He says, I was wondering if Teresa can share her sparkling water recipe so I have something to stay hydrated with during my inevitable self-quarantine. Ooh, my sparkling water? Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering if they mean my sparkling hop water. Oh, maybe. That's probably exactly what it is. Why don't, just in case that's what it is. Why don't you share okay. that with us? I mean, that's that's probably the thing that's more interesting. So, so yeah, we we have made some hop water at the brewery oh. because you know why not? You got to be prepared for all the eventualities. But yeah, so so for hop water, like any any hops in beer, I really believe in using a little bit of classic hops like uh, Cascade. And maybe some Citra, maybe some Centennial or Simcoe or, and just do like a little, like boil, boil your water, do a little Whirlpool hop at like 180 and do a very small dry hop. And yeah, make yourself some really killer seltzer. And that's it. That's it. That seems easy. Dry hop for like a day, you know? Like you don't need to yeah. spend a lot of time on that stuff. Because otherwise, and then carbonate uh, your keg to like three volumes. Oh so God, what is that? What is that? Very bubbly. What is that in PSI? Like sixteen, eighteen, something like that. Well, yeah. So, so you got to get that little chart, like you know your temperature. Yeah. So I've got. I'm in. I'm in my homebrew garage right now, actually. Oh, nice. 
so you know your your fridge is probably going to be like 35 36 degrees if you're carbed to 15 psi that's three volumes okay and then you take that keg and you shake it you take you take your corny keg on the side and you shake it with your foot and you just shake that back and forth for like couple minutes okay you roll it on the ground that up right okay. away and i wouldn't even worry about doing that with the water damn so i love it okay well perfect well there you go keith there's some uh, hop water information for you this next one is from james and he says i was watching old youtube of the brewing network tv series which of course was byob and was very very good um, and I saw early footage of Justin and JP from back in 2010. Then I see you guys now on YouTube, and I got to say, JP looks great. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> the, the, the subject was called uh, Chronological Degradation of Justin and JP. <laughs> oh. So uh, James James works at uh, Golston Brewing. So there you go. I think that's pretty cool. Give a little shout-out to the boys over there. Golston uh, Brewing, whatever. Maybe that's his home brew. I don't know. Whatever. Um, but for saying that I look great, James, I will um, look. I will, I'll risk a hug. I swear to God. Come to, come to me. I will <laughs> hug you. I don't care. Um, this next one is who's uh, from Dan from Container Brewing. He says the, regarding uh, Nitro Budweiser. I don't know if you guys have heard about this, but apparently oh. he says this is old news. He said we've been doing it at a microbrewery scale since November with a mobile canning company, no less. Um, have you guys heard about ni- Nitro Bud? No. No, for sure, no. Bro, you okay? Google it. It's sort of too much to go into, but uh, basically, it's it's. I don't think it's actual Budweiser. I think it's a different formula, but they carbonate with a little bit of nitrogen on top, and they tell you to shake the can three times, and they call it the ritual. <laughs> give you a ritual. I know. It's 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 sort of like it's so it smacks of such desperation, and it just it. I don't know, man. It's so weird. It's like Stella Artois marketing. It's very bizarre. Um, it's a different can, and it's Budweiser on nitrogen, and you're like, okay, great, I guess. I don't know, man. Actually, the can looks really cool. I'm looking at it right now. The the label design is great. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, our, our last note here for feedback. Brett says, it's nice to see the session evolve and Justin hit the road. Oh, too soon. No. One, one can only hope that this finally means that the Twitter game goes the way of Drunk of the Week. It took some time, but finally you all realized it was just enough of Drunk of the Week because it sucked. I hope this translation, or excuse me, this transition, um, what did I just do? Finally clues you in that the same time has come for the Twitter game. Which, look, I've been doing the Twitter game apparently since like 2011. And I had no idea that we've been doing it for that long. But uh, yeah, man, Twitter game is tough. uh, Look, I will welcome, Brett, I will welcome any suggestion you have. So he says, I propose... An alternative regular segment to end the show based on some of the few great times you guys have done blindfold taste tests. Think Beardy making a fool of himself at Russian River not to be able to pick out the hazy beer. And I missed that show. Uh, I don't feel like that was making a fool of oneself. Well, That was was a proof of concept. Well, look, any time that we can make fun of Warren, I'm I'm, I'm okay with it. So I'm going to support Brett at this one. 
Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, I can get on board. <laughs> uh, he says, uh, simply do some variation of this at every single brewery you visit and call it Fool Justin or Justin's an Idiot <laughs> or whatever. Since you'll generally be alone, this will be a nice replacement. Most importantly, it should stimulate some beer discussion while also being funny. Please don't give me your usual favorite response. Yeah, it's a decent idea, but I'm too lazy to organize it. You can easily outsource this to the, to the visiting brewery along with the pre-interview, and they can come up with a couple of beers, blah, 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 blah. He gives us a bunch of options about what you can do. Um, Canadian bread, he says. Love Canadian bread. That's a, look, it's a good idea. Uh, you know, I'll pass it along to Jay in case he's doing his trip, but uh, I don't know, man. Times are weird right now. That's all well, I got to say. They are weird. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, guys. We're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to drop our first clip from 2007. And I'm going to tease you a little bit. It's Chad's first all-grain brew day. (laughs) And we talk about it on the show. It was a good time to listen to. So anyway, hang tight, everybody. It's the session. We'll be right back. Segmented, demented, fermented, fermented. It's the session. All right, everybody. Thanks for sticking with us. It's the session. I'm JP with Sully and Teresa in my own private little Idaho studio. And uh, you know we're we're uh, socially distancing, but not emotionally distancing. That is one thing we should not do. <laughs> hey. We should not emotionally distance. We should socially distance, and I think it'll be a good time. Um, I think we should all. We should definitely, Teresa. We should definitely have happy hours together. I think that's a good time. I know uh, my wife Taryn has been doing that with her friends. Uh, over on Ears Up podcast, you go to earsuppodcast.com. dot com, and uh, we have. Um, uh, I have a little tiki room that I made, and uh, I call it the uh, now I call it the core and tiki room because it's funny. Um, and we do a I live really, show. We're doing one I on Thursday. I kind of want to do it just to see your tiki room. You should like, on. Thir- hopefully, you can sh- show the background during this. Oh yeah, for sure. Thursday night, this coming Thursday night at eight p.m., we're going to have a corn tiki room party. Uh, come in. We're basically it's it's a lot because there's no Disney news, right? All the Disney parks are closed, so we sort of just do basically a lunch meet. And just talk about weird ass news. Much made. Yeah. And, uh, you know, fun times like that. Uh, but anyway, we're going to get into some flashbacks for you guys now. Who's who's having ice? Who's digging their ice right now? Um, Not it. <laughs> That's Sean. No, it's not. I'm just sitting here quietly with my cat. No, um, you're not. <laughs> it's, it's super me wishing I had my own tiki room so I could be a little more. Teresa, I will text you a photo. I love it. I think it's a good time, and, uh, you know, anyway. Um, the first clip we're going to hear is uh, Producer Shat, if you guys remember. Now, for those of you who don't remember, who haven't been with us for, for since 2007, our producer, Chad, who's now a professional brewer somewhere in Texas somewhere, but he was called Producer Shat. Uh, anyway, he's going over his first all-grain brew day. Now, if that doesn't make you feel old, which it does to me <laughs> for sure, um, of course, since he was brewing with me, I was helping him along with his uh, his brew day. Um, he had some problems, like a stuck mash. Uh, he missed a hop addition. The sort of the usual stuff that you kind of that happens when you're still learning how to homebrew, especially you know all grain. You know what I mean? 
Um, but we talk it out on the air, and hopefully we give out solutions to anybody out there who might be tempted to try some all-grain brewing while at home for these next few weeks. Uh, anyway, check it out. This one's from deep, deep into the archives. July 7th, 2007. Check it out. Shad's uh, first all-grain brew day. Watching this great documentary uh, earlier today about Chuck Berry, father of rock and roll, and I was like, man, yeah, this he guy was around when I was alive, actually. Just inspiring. Yeah, you knew him back in I the did. day. I did. Yeah, yeah. I've seen him play. Uh, he was. It was kick ass. It's a great documentary, and uh, Keith Richards was playing with him. Uh, it's all rock and roll. Got me in oh, the yeah. mood. I was gonna play all Chuck Berry tunes on the show today, but uh, I got a bunch of great new beer songs sent to me by Kegerator in the forum, and so that's you just heard one there at the break, and I got a bunch more at the break. So you guys are gonna enjoy nice. every time we take a break today. I got some brand new and funny beer tunes to play. So sweet. I'll have Chuck Berry day some other day. Uh, so I'm. Uh, taking a trip to the loo here, and I hear this whirring sound, and I investigate. Uh-huh. There's a temperature control conical in the middle of your uh, living room. How you like that? How you like them apples? I I, I stood aghast. <laughs> well, where the hell did that come from? It's not ours, I'll tell you that. And that's a great segue, Dr. Scott, into our discussion with Chad, the producer, because he is borrowing JP's uh, conical fermenter. That's yeah. who it is. It's Gyps. What? what? What's the deal? You just decided you're not going to brew again for the summer or something? Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> it's too hot, man. Global warming has really t- no. Uh, how can me. you um, how can you just not brew for it, the summer? Because I have I have I've, I figured I did the math. I have 18 gallons of beer. Yeah. And I don't drink That's a, like a, a whole lot. Oh. I don't drink all that much. I see. Um, and it's it's fine for me. I got two kegs of Kolsch and a keg of bitter and you know, something else. And uh-huh. uh, I'm fine with it. I don't necessarily have to brew in a hundred degree plus. You know, heat. Pussy. Plus, it's you know the conical is going to be going 24 hours a day. Yeah. Um, and I just you know I'd rather save save a little money on my uh, electricity bill and kind of you know drink the beer I have. Well, it sounds like you're a big sissy to me, but hey, we make out like a bandit because we get the borrow your yeah, temp you, control conical. You, you and much. I do make out like a bandit. Wait. <laughs> oh, oh, oh the, wait, the, what? The, oh, okay. <laughs> so chat is because let me tell you this as we go into this discussion too. We right now have 25 gallons of beer fermenting oh, yeah. because Shat's got the bug, man. He's oh, been yeah. going crazy. I'm loving it. He's loving brewing. It. You're brewing like twice a week right now. Oh, it's great. It's great. Now I got a conical. Oh man, it's on. Yeah, are, like, are you going to use all these bowls? I need to ferment in them. Like basically, <laughs> we, we we you can't use the stove. Have you yeah. got any more Tupperware? Uh, because we ran out of room in our chest freezer. We've got 15. Don't Gallons don't flush the toilet. And a couple of kegs in the... Yeah. <laughs> don't take a bath. Uh, Brewing on the cheap. So uh, we've got 15 gallons uh, of beer fermenting in the chest freezer, plus 10 gallons of beer uh, aging. Uh, that's Chad's um, uh, amber. Is that amber. your amber? The your amber, amber ale. Uh, aging in there. So he wants to brew again, and he's like, I, but I got nowhere to put it. It's too hot outside to just ferment in the in the house. So he's like, I think JP said he wasn't going to brew anymore this summer. Maybe we can get that conical. <laughs> oh yeah. So we called. Out. We're like, well, hey, Jip, I, can we yeah. borrow your conical? I told him. I said. I said any guys, anytime you guys want to borrow that thing, I'm probably not going to brew till like September. We like pulling well, a John please say on us, like saying after he was like, I'm never going to brew again. I won't brew. I'm only going to make wine. Out of brewing. <laughs> and don't borrow my tamarind. <laughs> 
Sully, are you mad they would let you use your tambourine? Can you tell me? I was waiting for the moment to drop that bomb on. I couldn't believe it. I was like, you, you Sully, really can't use your tambourine? On no. the stage in front of a million people. <laughs> you just left no. you hanging. I had to sit there and do my head to clap. big head groove. Yeah, it was uh, Sully and the big head groove. Yeah, it's very strange. <laughs> it only lasts like 10 seconds, and after a minute or two, people want to throw things at yeah. me. And I didn't a, like it. It was a seven-minute song. It's hard exactly. to All the blood flow it takes to keep that head up and erect. Dude just wanted a tambourine. Just wanted a tambourine. Tambourine would have helped. <laughs> so we've got JP's, uh, What it's a 12-gallon con. 12-gallon con. Look yeah. at you. Oh, yeah. So because of that, it allowed Shat the producer to do his first all-grain batch. Good. See? And that's really How lucky what? am I, though? I mean, first all-grain and a conical. Yeah, a temp-controlled I mean? conical. Yeah. Do it up nice. New brew kettle. Do yeah, it up plus right. Shat went out and got us a new brew kettle. It is on. Well, because we were using the converted keg kettle, uh-huh. which I loved in the beginning because I could do 10-gallon batches, and I grew to hate it because <laughs> it leaves 10 10 gallons of beer behind. Oh, 10 gallons. That's the stupidest thing I've ever said. It leaves, no, and I've not. said a lot of dumb things. Uh, <laughs> it leaves two gallons of beer behind because of the concave deal, plus the spout is another inch and a half above that. And the immersion chiller never fits right in there. And, and they a, boil over real easy, it too. It boils over. It's just a big pain in the ass. So Shaq goes out. I tell, I'm telling you, this guy's got the He bought the a 10-barrel brew system. He goes out. <laughs> he got a 14-gallon polarware kettle, man. This thing oh, is yeah. badass. 15 uh, gallons. That's 15. the one with the aluminum-clad bottom. Yes. So, said, yeah, it yeah. spreads oh, the yeah. heat better. You, know, oh, scorch. Yeah. Yeah. you said pole. It's great. We haven't yet because it was late bottom. in the week, but we're going to bring it back and get the diverter plate welded into it so that that you can whirlpool and then uh, hopefully leave most of the troop behind. And we can whirlpool. It works now. Our actual, because we've got Jamil's uh, immersion chiller slash whirlpool thing. maker thing. Uh, we've got that whole setup, and we've got that working. You need a pump for it. You can go to MrMulti.com, and you'll see a picture of exactly what we're talking about. It's a great way to chill work because it, it combines using an immersion chiller, which is effective, and then whirlpooling the wort around it so that you don't just have like it cooling the, the, the cool inch zone, or two the heat zone. It, exactly. And, and, and obviously then you get the benefit of a whirlpool on top of all that. So go to MrMulti.com and look at that, and you got your new kettle. So the problems with his first all grain, though – Start. When did this start? Hose clamps. It starts with the with well, no, no no that's well into it. It starts with the recipe. Uh, what what beer did you brew, Chad? Uh, actually, I did Mike McDowell's Brown Ale, his gold medal, um, 2004. American AJ Brown. Gold medal. Yeah. yeah, American Brown. So if you've listened to the show and you know anything about Mike McDowell, what you know is that uh, he makes some fairly yeah. large beers, but mostly. He makes hop bombs, beautiful yeah. hop bombs, yep. uh, and beers. I don't mean like with a, a bitterness that you you can't handle. Very smooth, balanced, smooth, yeah. balanced, hoppy, beautiful beers. Great brewer. But it required 34 and a half pounds of grain. Yeah, that just does not fit in that uh, cooler out there. We've got uh, <laughs> we've got 10 gallon igloo cooler yeah, mash be. tons. It just does not fit. So I think, what was your water to grain ratio? You remember? It was less than one to one. It was like yeah, three quarters. Was, you, you can do less than one to one. We did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you can do it. It's so, just really hard. Right to the So you basically filled up, fill up the cooler and then spit in there. <laughs> and it was over full. Yeah. yeah so it was uh, up to the tip top. A rough stir. How did the mash go, <laughs> Shet? Uh, it took us a little while. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> how long Say the runoff? How long did you add to your brew process on Friday doing all grain? Uh, man, it was what? It was four? Yeah, four hours? Is that what it was? Yeah. You yeah, added about four hours. Four hours to your brew. We started at like seven. I left at one. Yeah. And you were just three. starting to boil. That's right. <laughs> like you like yeah. you like literally put it on the burner and lit it and oh, I'm like, yeah. ah look, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what happened? So you have your third. We we ended up getting the thirty-four and a half pounds of grain in there. Right. I think our water to grain ratio was about three quarters uh, of okay. a quart to one. Yeah. Um, so it was wet, you know. Definitely uh, moist. <laughs> you uh, you Tough were supposed to, to mash at 152. 154. 154? What 154. What did you mash at? Uh, one, I think it was 152. Okay. Yeah. So you got so a couple of yeah, degrees dry, low. Or 150. 150, I'm sorry, 150. <laughs> and here's the first thing that we can talk about in terms of getting your strike water to the right temperature so that you mash at the right temperature. Now, I've gotten pretty good, you showed me, Doc, at how... How to use ProMash to calculate my strike water temperature. And it works really well. If you go into ProMash and you go into the mash schedule, you can uh, input the, it, it, there's actually a button that says calculate strike temperature, and you can input the temperature of your grain um, and the temperature that you want to reach. And it already knows how much water you're putting in it. It already knows the water because you've put that into your, you know, you need to figure water that needed, out too. Yeah, you get the water you, needed. you set your your water to grain ratio. So it knows all that. Um, but he, And so I've gotten really good since you showed me how to do that at getting my uh, strike temperature to meet what I want my mash temperature to, to meet. be. Yes. Uh, well, what we found is that with 34 and a half pounds of grain, there's a little bit of an adjustment adjustment that has to be made. Uh, your strike water was 175 degrees. That's right. And that's what ProMash told us to use. Uh, and then he was just a couple of degrees low. You know, yeah. he ended up mashing at 152. So I guess the point is... Uh, you, you may want to up it a degree or two if you if you're really using so much grain in an all grain recipe. Well, there's yeah. that, and I think all the stir. I mean, the guy was stirring <laughs> like he was trying to make a whirlpool. Oh, like he was going. I've never seen anyone move that fast. He was going, and he was. We were mashing in for what I would say ten minutes. Is that a good Try- thing though? Well, I mean, I, it's not the bad thing, but I think okay. that's where maybe you got some more of that temperature loss, where you know, oh, uh, normally, normally, you know, at a, at a higher ratio, you wouldn't have to be stirring sense. it up so much because you know we added right. some grain, stirred it up real well, put more water in, put more grain. Right. Um, oh, because you don't want dough balls, and that's what you're right. really yeah. trying to do. But I think and you when, make with, a great point, JP. If the water ratio was higher. Yeah, because with that thick of a mash, that's exactly what you're going to get if you just dump it in there is dough balls. Um, okay. So you you know balls. Yeah, you don't want balls. <laughs> and, uh, Slow it down. It's, it's all about knowing your own system too exactly so, that's what i was yeah give him you, you a couple know, times and he'll yeah. he'll nail it first oh, i gotta add a couple points to that i yeah. just know that so. and now we because in general like i said if, if we use pro mesh with a with a normal amount of grain um you can follow what it says on ProMesh. We've gotten to know that about our system. But now we know if you've got, if we're maxing out our mash ton, we might want to add a degree or two. Yep. And that's something you yep. want to pay attention to in your system. As what you about like monitoring your uh, temperature as you're mashing in? Well, uh, so that's when what the, we do at the uh, when the actual brewery. mash is happening, it's what who does? But you can't really do that because the grain <laughs> is pulling down the strike water temperature, and you haven't put all the grain in. So yeah, yeah. you get an idea whether what direction you're going. Though. You're right. And as we got closer to the top of it, of course we it's going. Do down. We do check the temperature. Oh, it's going down, Doc. It's going down, baby. And decide if we need to put more hot water or, in that case, cold water. I mean, one thing we talked about in the Honesty and All Grain show is that you can keep a pot of boiling water next to you. And a pot of cold water. And yes. a, Exactly. And a pot of cold water so that whether you're high
high or low, you can add either one to get your temperature right. So you're right, Sully. We do sort of monitor, you know, we kind of got three quarters of it in. Um, and then make sure you stir it really well before you take your temperature yeah. because it is different in different areas. And, and I've messed that up before uh, in the Honesty and All Grain show. You'll hear about that. So, okay. So you well, end up mashing at 152. Yeah, and, you know, I'm really surprised at how well the heat is held in those coolers. I mean, it does do a great job. So We lost, uh, in fact, in general, every time we mash with those, we lose one degree over That's 60 good. minutes. Yeah. Those things are awesome. Yeah, I, great. I spoke to a guy at the homebrew shop at B3 the other day, and he was kind of saying, yeah, a friend of mine has those igloos. You know, I, he li- he says he likes them. I don't know. And I said, listen, I love my igloo mash system. Do you I preheat it before one you degree. mash it? I do. When we're heating up the water to say to like, you know, so let's say we have to get our strike water to 175. So we've got that in our kettle. When it gets to about 170, I'll take water, about three inches of it, and put it into my mash tun. Mm-hmm. And uh, great question, Sully, because what you want to do is not lose uh, – is it thermal mass, Doc? Yeah. You don't want to lose thermal mass. Yeah, you want to heat up the, the vessel the, the, you're the going into. The thermal mass is going to pull the whole – pull some heat out of it. If you can preheat it, yeah. which if you did that, you might that's where you might have lost some because you put the hot water in there, and it took the whole thing down some. Down some? Yeah. I was bringing it up some. I know, but How? putting hot hot water in there. Yeah. And the 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 mash tun is going to be colder until it equals out. And it's good the heat's going to be coming from that first part of that water you put in. Uh-huh. So you're going to lose some heat right there heating that thing up. Okay. Unless you pulled all that water back out and put grain and water J- in there. Oh, I see. J- that, I see. That's why like I think Shad did it before he before he put the water or before he put the the strike water in. He put a little bit of hot water and swirled and, it around yeah. and left the lid on to kind of cuz you want to That's what I'm talking about. But yeah. just Justin's little well, trick. Well, that's what yeah. he was yeah. talking about. Right. But apparently, so we're all talking about the same thing. Apparently. <laughs> well, you, well, I, you know, I, I he was it. saying one thing, and you didn't seem like you understood. Because like, if, huh? cause if, if he's saying he's what saying you just without. said, then yeah. he's repeating what I said. I, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> What'd you say? This is the meltdown. <laughs> I love the way that we're talking about this. Sh- it's Chats Brew, and we're just like, arguing <laughs> like no, this is what pa- he did. The patient's in the room. <laughs> Shut up, Chat. This is what he did. You know, guys, I well, can hear you. Hey, <laughs> brew, with, brew with friends, that's what it's all about. I mean, Justin and JP really helped me out with this first brew. So I appreciate Obviously. that. Obviously, they know a lot about this brew, so I have no problem with them jumping in. Okay, so we got it all in there, and now you're doing your mash, and an hour goes by, and you're ready to sparge. Mm-hmm. And we did a batch sparge. Yeah. Um, in this case, we should have done a fly sparge because of the limited amount of water that we put in yeah. because of the lower yeah. water to grain ratio. He had to batch sparge three times. Oh, yeah. Whereas if we did a continuous sparge, we could have just kept going until we got all this mm-hmm. stuff out. Um, what happened during the sparge? Well, <laughs> host clamps did not happen, and so the uh, false bottom came loose. Yeah, the hose so on the false bottom. We were blowing yeah, back in, and the grain was just stuffing the tube, so we had no kind of draw from there. Our false bottom, it has it's a it's a B3 false bottom in the igloo, and it, and it has the which the, usually the hose works coming fine. Out. Oh, it's worked. <laughs> Actually, it's never failed me. I've never thought about All putting hose clamps. Follow the directions. So uh, put it together, and uh, as he's stirring, the hose that goes from the false bottom to the spout Came comes off. disconnected, oh. and all of a sudden we're thinking we got like JP's there too. We're thinking we got a stuck mash. Oh yeah. So well, because we did it first. This was the second stuck mash. True. The first one was actually a stuck. <laughs> it was a real stuck mash. Yeah, because I think just that 
bigger stirring. Who stuck their hand into the 150 degree grain? JP blew on it like a cheap whore for about an hour. And I sucked. And he sucked as well. Before realizing it was entirely stuck, we're never going to get any word. This is on the second stuck time through. So we go, okay, Chad, how about this? Let's dump it out into a bucket. We had a bucket and a kettle. And let's figure out what's going on down there. Because you haven't gotten your volume yet. Because we have transferred quite a bit to the kettle so far. But we haven't gotten his volume. And we also haven't reached our target pre-boil gravity. He was about 10 points low at this point. Oh. Um, so we needed to get more of those sugars out of the thing. So we dump all the grain out, and that's when we realize the hose is disconnected. Oh, look at yeah. that. Yeah. And I think I was actually 20 points low. Oh, you were at that like point? 1048. I was supposed okay. to be at 1066. So what would you do from there? We dumped it out. We dumped it out, reset the uh, grain bed, and uh, everything was beautiful from there on out. Reconnected it. Reconnected it. Didn't hose clamp it at that point, but today I did. Okay. Bet your ass I did. And then, so when you're, yeah, now we've got host clamps, so he does it again. Okay, so now uh, you, you've you finished your, your mash and your sparge. What was your pre-boil gravity? Uh, 1068. Was it? I believe, or maybe it was a little higher. I think it was. Yeah, it was 1068. I'm pretty sure it was 1077. Was it? Uh, it was oh, pre-boil. Pre-boil, pre-boil. It, was. it was. I'm sorry. Yeah, yes, it, it goes was. up it after high. that. Are you sure? So it was ten- his, yeah, it was huge. Yeah, <laughs> I am sure. That's <laughs> why we. I wanted him to add water. So, here's, right. so he has a pre-boil gravity of 1077. His OG at fermentation is supposed to be 1066. 1066. <laughs> and his pre-boil right. is 1077. Yeah, okay. Right. Uh, but his volume is right. <laughs> he's got the right volume in the kettle. We were shooting for 12 gallons uh-huh. pre-boil in the kettle, and that's what he got, but it was 1077. Um, JP did not want him to add water. I did. Uh oh. Chad, Chad chose to Throw not down. add water. I did not at that point. At that point. So good. D- he does his. Uh, <laughs> do you want to give your argument about why he shouldn't have added water at that point? No. Because <laughs> I'm going to if you don't. That's fine. I'll let you do it. Are you ashamed They'll of your give argument? You your day in the sun. Are you feeling wrong about your argument now? No, I just feel that uh, uh, you know. Y- you have to take some and then you add water to it. It's just like doing a partial boil with extract. You're not going to get the same kind of uh, utilization on stuff. You're not going to get the same flavors. It's going to be kind of you're going to kind of lose something in that. Okay, so that was JP's theory is essentially that uh, everything is meant to sort of work together, <laughs> and if you dilute it, it's not. Just believe in the Old Testament. My theory was at that t- 1077. My my theory is that yeah, the recipe is designed for a certain gravity. Whatever you have to do to get it to that gravity is how the recipe is going to work best. So by adding water to his boil to his preboil to get it to the proper preboil gravity would not have diluted anything. It would have gotten him to the proper amount of sugars that the recipe was designed for, and everything would have mixed together just fine. He would have had a post-boil gravity of 1066. Doc, am I off on this? Yeah. Okay. So you think JP's theory is right that we no, he would have been? No. You when you boil the gravity points go up. Correct. Yeah, but he's already at 1077. Right. You have to dilute a lot. As you're boiling some down, you're putting some back. Uh, depend. You have to put more back. You have to have like 14 gallons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of diluting. One way of doing it is just boil some, add some, boil some, add some. And okay, you, but either way, you're working on getting to the proper gravity. Yeah. And uh, is it, it me or is but, Doc just repeating what I no, say? No, 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 no. But he, he, it's, it's different because you're if, not going to get to 1066. Because if you boil some and add some water, boil some off and add some water, you're not removing any of the sugars. Tech, you're just boiling off the water. 
Yeah. But what what JP? Yeah, but you're, you're, is that you're saying. But then but you're getting the, the same, Mallard reaction and, and you yeah, get some you know but, browning and. But what JP's saying is, uh, you know, a concentrated boil is going to change things differently. But mm. you're at 1077 already. Uh, it's a concentrated boil anyway. Yeah, but why not add water to begin with? If you were, you know, you haven't added water, uh, you haven't added hops yet. No, it's a, it's a pre-boil situation. Mm-hmm. Utilization is well, not going to be well, affected. Well, sometimes the kettle can't hold more water. Well, too. that could that's be a where, problem. That's where you that's come in, where yeah. you boil some, add some, boil some, and add some. Well, the bottom okay. line is now that you know your so you're kind of like stepping down rather than just going right down. Now well, you know your efficiency on the system, then you can then then you can plan out your like you got an eighty percent efficiency. I right. think is what we figured out. Mm-hmm. So next time you do your recipe. You, you you bump up pro mash to 80%, yeah. and then you put your stuff in, and then, then you know how much... Then you want to overshoot it. Right. Yeah, but you were probably affected from the get-go because your water-to-grain ratio was way off. So you're probably... Uh, y- your extract would certainly be a little bit higher if, if, if it hadn't been... If it had the right ratio. Right ratio. Yeah. And who, who was the one who said to take, like, four or five pounds out, and you would have been fine? Yeah. His hand is in yeah. the air. Mr. JP. So, yeah, but, someone in the chat room made, made a good t- observation. He said, what's the common factor between your beers and Chad's beers? We both suck. You. <laughs> <laughs> wow. yeah. Well, there you go. I think that's a dick thing to say. <laughs> that is. For one. That is. I think I've taken a lot of heat for my brewing, but that's kind of fucked up. <laughs> that is. I, I will say that as the assistant brewer on a certain other co-host beer, it won a second prize in its first ever competition, so blow me. Ooh. Hey, assistant. Face. Assistant. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, though... That essentially the diluting with water is however you do it. Whether it you boil it down and add water or add it in the beginning, like Sully and I are saying, uh, it's it it would have been fine to do. It, it you wouldn't would've. have changed anything. Yeah. What did you end up doing at the end of the boil? Well, so basically it was a 90-minute boil. So we just did a 60-minute boil mm-hmm. instead. Um, yeah. And basically we started with 12 gallons. I ended up with nine gallons. Mm-hmm. So I just. Dumped so you, in some filtered water at the end. So cool. you just pretty much and without even this taking, whole recipe up. I did, I did. But you know, I didn't even yeah. take a gravity at that point. I just added water oh, and I threw it in the conical, and then I took a thieve, took a gravity, and it you was just really 10, wanted to 64. use 64. Nice. So I was close. You so, just wanted to use the thief, man. Yeah. You know, there's a side port <laughs> on the conical. Ooh. That's what that thing's for. Oh, <laughs> it's called a sample cock, yeah. jackass. Hey, first time, buddy. But yeah, but you know what? I mean, of all this, I mean, all the stuff that could have gone wrong. Yeah. I mean, you know, you had what basically two things. You had just too Me. much grain, which isn't a good thing, which is which isn't necessarily always a bad thing. Yeah. And you had a two stuck mash. That's not that bad for your no. first all grain, basically and, on his own. I mean, and you and I were shot. Yeah, Jay the, and I were kind of just going, oh, well, you should do this, and we were kind of more talking amongst ourselves. And Chad just took what he wanted to and did it and went for it, and it worked out great. It yeah. smells yeah. awesome. It smells wonderful. It you, the only person pissed off right now is Mike because he came yeah. up with the recipe and you bastardized it, <laughs> and, and, he, and, yeah. you, and you've said that you've made this thing, and he's oh. like, good grief. Mike <laughs> loves me. Well, goes to show it over. Recipe doesn't really matter. It's whoever's hands are in. Yep. Right. It's probably going to come out a great beer anyway, but it's going to be a lot different. Sure. So, but. Well, and at the end of the rest, at the end of the boil too, uh, Chad goes. He's looking at. He's looking over his recipe, and he goes to me. He goes, "Hey, what are mash hops?" <laughs> <laughs> That's and I, true. And I That's go, true. Oh shit, man! You were supposed to put some hops into that uh, that great. ridiculous mash that we did. So I did add those at the end. One minute left in the boil. My suggestion to him was, he's like, well, what does that mean? Should I throw them in? You know, actually, it was at the beginning of the boil. He's like, should I yeah, throw them in for to bittering? Put three ounces in. Yeah. And I was like, no, I no. don't think you should put them in for bittering because uh, they wouldn't have been in the boil. They would have been extracted yeah. uh, from the mash. So I told him to put them in as as uh, flame out hops. Probably, yeah, pretty good. And that's, that's what, what he did. did. Oh, and Doc <laughs> Warflock. 
Oh, you I forgot, forgot that. You forgot that? Uh, I've forgotten and, that, too. I, I set them out so I can see them. And actually, I have uh, my hops in different little containers marked with 40 minutes, 10 minutes. And I throw the whirl flock in with the 10-minute hops there, or the whatever's going to be at the last. That way, I just dump it all in. Because I've come a couple times. And, oh, damn. I yeah, put that in there. Yeah. yeah. It'll be fine. So, oh, like, I think it'll be great. It, yeah. smells, it smells wonderful. Now it's fermenting what? 68 degrees. No, come on, it's at 69. Oh, did it go Is up? It? Oh, yeah. well, that fan's running. should be at 68. Yeah, I think. Set at 68. It's, what do you got? You probably have a one degree differential on set that it thing. At, it's set at 65 with the two degree differential. No, but I bumped it up. Why? Because you can't. Oh. Good enough. Why not? <laughs> it's a good reason. Yeah. So New I think it's going to come out. I think it. it's going to be a go. great yeah. beer. But those were some of the issues. 888-401-BEER. If you have any questions, you're thinking of going all green. All right. If you want to hear the rest of that show, you guys hit up the archives and search for it. It's pretty easy. The show is called Meltdown and Sour Beer. And what I'll also be doing for, for the rest of the clips here that we're going to be playing, I'll drop the links for all the shows in the show post for this show, if that makes sense. So if you're listening to it on any sort of podcast, catcher app or whatever, Go to the website, find the show, click on it, and it'll have all the links for the shows. It was a great show. I had a, a lot of fun talking to Chad about that, and that was back when we used to do a lot of homebrew-centric information. So check it out. Okay, we're going to take a quick break here, and we'll have more Best of the Session when we come back. Stay tuned. <laughs> Tuned into the session. Because life's too short to listen to crappy radio. Yeah, that's right. It's the session, baby. Quarantine edition. Here we go. We're all about being locked up at home. We're all about staying away from each other. We're all about washing our hands. And I'll be honest with you. I used to wash my hands, right? I mean, everybody does, I would guess. But I've never, like, learned how to wash my hands <laughs> if it wasn't for this stupid friggin' coronavirus garbage that we're dealing with right now. I mean, do you guys feel the same? Were you, uh, Sully, were you a, a giant hand washer before? No, I never washed my hands, ever. <laughs> I mean, no, I, of course I did. But, you know, one thing, I, one thing I've noticed is how often you touch your face. I yes. mean, it's ridiculous. You like, when you start, like, you're like, ah, don't touch my, don't touch my face. And you're just like, it's insane. It's like, ugh. You, you know what? I, I read somewhere that we touch our faces about 10 times an hour. <laughs> I believe I, I don't think that's enough. I mean, <laughs> So Teresa's I in favor of, of face touching. She loves face touching. I love, I love to, yeah. Well, it's, it's like seasonal. It sounded real weird. Time. Like I am a, I am a crazy seasonal allergy sufferer. So oh man, I am sneezing my head off literally all the time, and now I'm like doubling up on the allergy meds because people are not okay with you sneezing all over the place right now. Like no. And they're like, why is your nose all red? And I'm like, that's, it's, it's my time of year. <laughs> it's my time of year. I'm trying it for Rudolph in the play, <laughs> asshole. Leave me alone. Knees. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I feel really badly. 
Oh I'm man. I bet. I'm trying to keep it in, but oh my gosh, like all I want to do is scratch my nose. Like it's Yeah, and so I re- I realized well, I read actually that um Oh, there's a whiskey coming up. Wow. Um <laughs> I read the other day that you know, it's it's touching your face like your cheek or whatever, then your nose. It, it's fine, but it's like the membranes of like your eyes and your nose. Um that you can contract whatever bacteria gets in whatever but especially for for COVID-19 for the coronavirus that's very hard it's hard to catch it eating um but what I miss hey. the yeah hmm. yeah um but what I miss the most because it's a it's a respiratory virus right so you breathe yeah. it in and then it, and it gets lodged in your in your lungs but if you eat it Obviously, unless you're an alien, your food passes through your lungs. It just goes right to your gut, and then your gut kind of kills it, and you know that's what it is. Um, but I realized um, how much I miss picking my nose <laughs> to the point where, like, I'll take my thumb and I'll turn my sh- my like collar of my shirt or the inside of my shirt inside out, and I just gotta like. I got to grab. I got to grab a, a hanger on because it's so dry out here. Even though it's raining, it's like dry in our house. And I get these just like cakes. They're like um, cliffs inside of my nose. And you can feel the weight. It's like having a weight vest on <laughs> doing laps or whatever. And I, I, I got to clear it out. And, and it, I realized that I apparently I used to just would pick my nose <laughs> with without any sort of care in the world. But... Now I don't want to get sick, so I have to use my shirt to do it, which is never ideal, right? You want to feel the, the breakaway. Well, it's like Sounds- that social responsibility of uh, yeah. self-care. This is how – thank you, Teresa. And this is how I'm contributing. This is Basically, I'm a first responder. <laughs> I'm at that level. Obviously, neither of us know what to say about this. I mean, I, I was going to say, I don't know if I could touch your hand ever again. <laughs> well, you know, look, man, uh, especially when we talk we talk about... Can, um, we, can we call you a first nose sponder? First nose sponder. Like yeah. Yes, I'm a first nose sponder. Nose sponder? Well, you, no. know, you know those... Like, look, I got a big nose. I got a Greek nose, right? So it's long, and I got a, I got a wide uh, nostril canal. And you're breathing all this air in, and it catches a lot of shit, and it just it weighs heavily. I don't know, man. Sometimes, well, I'm not saying all the time, but I will say, like, one of my youngest memories is when I, my mom dropped me off for first grade for the first day, okay? I picked my nose so bad that I got a, a nosebleed, and I had to go home. <laughs> I'm just going to say that I right now. I think that was an excuse to go home, probably. <laughs> well, yeah, for sure. But I was like, like so just like, agitated and had so much anxiety about leaving my mother. <laughs> I'm just digging in my nose until I'm bleeding. Oh, God. It was pretty good. I remember my teacher going, well, don't pick your nose. I'm like, oh, you mean, you mean I, I have a choice? <laughs> I thought I just had to do this. So I just, I have to tell you that I had one of the, Best wish fulfillment dreams I've ever had last night. Oh, what was I wearing? So, so what my dream was, was that I was invited to Russian River to do a collab. Wow. (laughs) And I was there, I was there brewing a beer and their system was way crazier than their actual system. But, you know, beside the point. Yeah. But I, I was there and I was like, this is so rad. This is completely cool. I wonder what beer we're doing. And I was trying to figure out what the beer was. I was pretty sure it was like a Munich Dunkel or something. Yeah. 
And I was looking on my phone. I was trying to track down the recipe. I was like, I don't know. It was so cool. I'm just wow. telling you, Russian River in my dreams was super fun. That should be your next. Amazing. What, what beer did you end up brewing in your dreams? I, I'm pretty, I mean, I came out of the, the dream. It was a brown beer. Okay. Uh, undetermined origins. But the only thing that would make sense for me was a Munich Dunkel. So I'm pretty sure that's what it was. <laughs> it's, it sounds like that should be the name. Is Russian River in my dreams, Dunkel. <laughs> yeah. You know? I honestly, like, I felt so good when I woke up this morning. I was like, if I could just make this happen every night, I can get through this crisis. <laughs> because that was awesome. Like, like if I'm just if I'm not gonna go down the stress uh, crisis related dream and just yeah. have the fulfillment dream, so that's pretty good, man. What... You're winning. Yeah, my twenty uh, first amendment collab. In my dreams. Oh man, that's 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 tonight. <laughs> I guarantee you that'll happen tonight. I'll see if I can make that magic happen tonight. I, I think it's amazing that you dream about brewing. I don't. I <laughs> I I don't know if I ever dream about brewing. I know. I I'm actually I, envious of you. I'm super. Ex- I'm so. That, that's why I wanted to share. Like that's good. Like I have tried so hard to direct my dreams to where they're going, but they just go where they're going to go. Yeah. <laughs> but that was the awesomest dream ever, and I I Amazing. obviously you can tell I latched onto that thing because that was beauty. <laughs> oh, for sure, absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know what else is really cool? Uh, thick. If you don't know what I mean, let me tell you. It's a new product from Duke Cannon Supply oh, Company. I saw this. Yeah, I have some. It's actually really, really good. Uh, thick earns its name by being three times thicker than common <laughs> body washes. Bo- body washes. Wow, the the uh, the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale and the Whiskey Back, which actually, let me just holler. Whiskey is from our boys <laughs> at Deer Hammer. It's a rye whiskey, so check them out. Um Thick earns its name by being three times thicker than common body washes. It's the high viscosity alternative to watch to watching your money <laughs> run down the shower drain. It comes in a big ass container that you crack open like a beer. You like flip that top, and it is very like um, uh, you know tactile, where you can really feel the, the force of opening something like that. Um, and it comes in four distinctly masculine scents that won't leave you smelling like a teenage boy. I mean, unless you want to, I don't know. So check it out. You can get all four of their high-viscosity body washes online at DukeCannon.com for 30 bucks or $9 a piece if you don't need, you know, four body washes, but maybe you do. Or you want to buy four and you hand them out for presents. Who knows? You leave them with a pizza and a body wash. That'd be a good time. There you go. Um, you have scents like accomplishment, naval supremacy, old glory, or productivity, which is what I use. And smelling myself now, I smell great. Actually, I haven't showered in a couple of days. I should probably do that now. So you <laughs> visit, visit DukeCannon.com and use promo code BREWING, and you'll save 15% off your entire order, and you'll get free shipping with orders over 35 bucks. And... Duke Cannon has more than just the body wash. That's brand new, but they have bars of soap. They have travel bags. They have all sorts of really good grooming stuff, and it's made in the USA. They support veterans, all the really good stuff that we should all be doing. Uh, DukeCannon.com, promo code BREWING, 15% off. 
All right. Uh, the next clip we're going to play here, fellas, is a little more beer information heavy as Brian Hunt from Moonlight Brewing somehow comes back to the session. This is his second episode <laughs> that he's ever been on, and he was, uh, for some reason, he decided to show up again. And I don't know why. I don't know what prompted him, but uh, Brian Hunt is always a really good time. He's a, he's a wealth of knowledge and a wealth of opinion. <laughs> so that's for sure yeah so this is a really good one uh he's talking about brewing with local ingredients so we grill him on that pretty good and of course he brought a bunch of beer for us to taste and that's always a good time uh, brian is always a good time so check it out this one is from way back january 24th 2010 so check it out here's brian hunt from moonlight brewing Okay, welcome back to the program. Boy, are you podcast listeners lucky you didn't have to sit through a 15-minute break with me trying to fix the uh, internet connection. The show just goes on like there is no space or time for you, so uh, you're lucky people out there. Yeah, sorry for the delay, Brian. This drives me nuts, but uh, hopefully you can stay a little bit longer and uh, just do the show with us as we would anyway. I heard you were already nuts. (laughs) That's true. A few more beers, though. I'll be fine. I won't give a shit. Well, it might help me, too. (laughs) You know. Uh, So Brian is pouring us some nice beers, and uh, that's kind of where I wanted to start with you anyway, because you've added some things to your lineup, and and certainly to your creative lineup since we last spoke to you. Tell us about what's new at Moonlight. New? Oh, what the hell? I'm always doing something different. Uh, I think some call it ADHD. I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, if I make the same thing all the time, uh, I go basically nuts. So I'm always trying to figure out something. Uh, I'm playing a lot with unhopped beers. It's kind of like if you think you have everything settled, you think you understand everything, all right, we'll take out something you think is key and replace it with something else. It's like that tells you how much you're standing on your own two feet. Is that your your nice spin on that there was a hop shortage and you needed to figure something out? Uh, I can't say online even uh, what I feel (laughs) about some of the hop companies that are uh, involved with that, but... um, that did have some part of it, and some part of it had already been long-seated, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, a couple hundred years ago. I do like this idea. You say, take out one of your integral ing- ingredients and see if you can figure this out. It does say something about you as a brewer or any Absolutely. of Absolutely. It, it is what you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really easy to copy what else is knowledge out there, but then it's a whole lot harder to understand that and use that to be able to handle changes. Right. You take out hops. Well, okay, you sure as hell better understand hops if you're going to take them out and still make something that's, A, called beer, possibly B, drinkable. Yeah. Excellent point. The absence of hops even gives you a better understanding of of what they do, how they work, what you are now missing because of it. Yeah. So, And you have uh, a few different beers, or at least a couple different beers without hops now. Is that right? Uh, I guess I've made three of them. Okay. Okay. Pretty much there's not much left of nearly all of them. The last chance you'll have to have some of them is, uh, I think it's a Monday of Beer Week. Uh, I'll be in oh. Berkeley at okay. uh, Bobby G's Pizza, and uh, I'll bring the last of some of the ones. Okay. You can go to sfbeerweek.org. There'll be a full list of them. So if you look up that one on Monday, then you, you can go down Which and I haven't seen it yet, but there's a lot. I you know It, it yeah. involves a computer and keys, and <laughs> I have fingers that don't always you know behave. I see. <laughs> Even in large crowds. <laughs> yeah. Alex Beer Fest. Yeah, what are you, a Japanese businessman now or something? <laughs> you know that too, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so what are the names of these three that you've done, just in case anybody does see them out there in the ether? Well, in, sequ- uh, in sequence, is Working for Tips is one of the ones that 
those of us here in the um, studio have been tasting. Uh, Working for Tips has uh, the tips of redwood branches. Oh. Uh, it's kind of funny that someone said to me, how do you get up there way up high and get those tips? They think I'm at the top of the tree. You know, uh, the tips of the branches, the ends of the branches, any conifer, any basically pine or evergreen, the tips of the branches in springtime will have different growth on them. And that's great for vitamin C if you ever stranded, but you're skiing in the backcountry and you got uh, messed up, you can chew on the tips of the, of the pine for whatever conifer trees. And, really? And yeah, it's going to get know. scurvy. I mean, you may die of malnutrition, but you won't get <laughs> scurvy. Or broken leg. Important. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But you don't want scurvy with a broken leg, right? It's just not much fun. So the tips have been used for actually millennia in beer. And uh, I just happen to have redwood trees around the brewery because that's kind of the place I live. So that's what Which I is use. where it's basically, you're in Sonoma County, right? Yeah, I'm uh, far western Sonoma County. Okay. Or far western Santa Rosa, actually. Okay. Still in San, Sonoma County. So you do have these literally right in your backyard. Well, yeah, there's only like two of them to hang over the brewery. Got it. Uh, you know, and you either trim them when you put them in the mulch pile, you trim them when you put them in your beer, and if I can save <laughs> buying hops, then uh, yeah. sometimes it's tough to decide these things. So... How really do you decide what to try, though? Was that just something like you just thought, hey, why don't I try these? Or is there some method to your madness when you're trying to replace hops? There's a lot of method. I drink a lot first. Um, Good. Are, are you implying something? <laughs> I, I, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure I believe that. But uh, <laughs> I, you know what? I look at history first. And uh, we'll talk about history of brewing at some point in the future here uh, on this same show here today, uh, tonight or this morning or whenever you're listening. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> uh, you're obviously not listening online because it, everyone no else online. is shopping on Amazon. Yeah. Uh, that's not a plug for Amazon. Don't get me wrong. It's an internet shortage. Yes. That's a shortage. Of internet, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> I think, global internet shrinkage. Um, so anyway, I look at what's historical, what makes sense to put in your beer. I mean, why should you put anything in your beer? Well, ideally, you put something in your beer that makes sense. You can put your thumb in. It's just going to make warm beer. You put weird herbs and spices out of your kitchen. I mean, if you like pumpkin pie, you can make some really cool stuff out of beer. It's not necessarily beer. Uh, then again, I don't really, frankly, Justin, know what the hell beer is. Yeah, that's a good... Uh, I knew you were going somewhere with that, because that's a good... Uh, well, you're right. Although, at some point, you have to... I mean, it's not a grape-based beverage, right? So that's not... Yes, I that's guess right. you know what's not beer. That's um, true. So does that mean, then, that it has to be... God, I, I was afraid we were going to do this. Uh, I, I don't want to be too esoteric, but... Yeah. Um, I mean, does it then have to be a, 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 a grain-based um, um, beverage? Hell if I know. See, I, I only make the stuff. I think maybe it does. I think, I it, think it does. I think it has to be a, a grain-based beverage. What, whatever it is, Justin, I really want to harass you about, what is it about this? I, I don't know those of you that are not watching online. I mean, they don't even have any beer for us to drink <laughs> while we're here, like, on the microphone. And I just I just don't think that's right. Well, and, you haven't learned our shtick yet, because this is only... You, you need to come do the show more often. Uh, that We invite you so that you can give us beer. That's really the only reason you're no, here. We, yeah, but you're all drinking his... beer, and my glasses are empty. So, I mean, what... <laughs> Yeah. That's what what does that say? About. His glass is always empty. Yeah. And what does he have to do to get a damn beer around here? I Whose leg we, does he have to hump? I thought we we have now strategically placed the kegs right next to you so that you won't have this problem. Well, the microphone won't reach that far. So, Tasty, get that man a beer. All right, here, <laughs> 
Yeah. You just uh, turn that chair around. Or, or something that we think is a beer. I don't know what this. Uh, you had a beer and you gave it to me. <laughs> a reeb. Yeah. Going to rearrange everything now. Yes, yeah, so I gave you something strange. <laughs> Can we just put a tap here in the middle of the you know, table here? Now that That's I've moved need. some of the equipment, I think that it's... And I, I'd like to ask, what kind of brewing network is this that doesn't have a tap in the middle of the, uh, the desk, the table <laughs> area? Brand new working? studio, no b- built-in taps. That's true. Yeah, and next week really is our official uh, new, new studio show, uh, too. We've got a week to put in the tap. a week to put in the taps. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to hear about single tower. tap either. <laughs> it's got to be yeah. multi-tower. Multi-tap yeah, we've got tower. Yeah. Okay. So, at some point, though, you, you, you have an understanding of beer and, and what the traditional ingredients are, and then you start to deconstruct it and replace them with something else. So, you, you, I guess at least you're saying, uh, or at least I would be saying, um, I'm going to remove hops. What do hops add to my beer? Well, the first thing, I guess, is bitterness to balance the malt sweetness. So you have to look for something that is going to balance that that sweetness. Chronologically, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the first thing is is early in the boil. You generally add hops to make it more bitter. Otherwise, the word's going to be, you know, the resulting beer is still going to have a sweetness that's kind of like a little insipid and not what I prefer to drink. Right. Uh, I do like bitter. There's something about it, and I think maybe what I like about it is it's not what kids like. You know, <laughs> I'm not a kid anymore. Kids. Oh, give me candy. No, Adult I'm really bitter. not that big on sweet candy and stuff. I, I like bitter. I just freaking like bitter. You know, Same it's here. like yeah. a whole different ball of wax. Been married? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, I, I agree with you on that. In fact, my palate has, has really changed over the last 15 years to I'm almost exclusively a bitter taste enjoyer. How about bitter and sweet right. together? Uh, sometimes. But the sweet for the me question almost always has to be in moderation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, well, let's take, if I may, for example, the first beer that I tried of yours today was the Artemis. Um, although yes. I think it's a uh, is is Gruet a beer? Is beer a Gruet? Uh, Gruet's a style of beer. We're totally out of sequence, but I don't really okay. give well, a damn because it's not my show and it doesn't right. matter to me. But we'll at least it yes gives me a place off. to ask you about yeah. this uh, uh, about what you're doing here as you deconstruct. Okay, this is not a Gruet. Okay. A gruet actually has three basic herbs that have to be used, at least in my eyes. There are other people who probably disagree with me. <laughs> That's an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> who would that be? I don't know. Um, the three basic herbs in my mind that belong in a gruet. Uh, one is myrica gale, sweet gale it's also called. Uh, it's an herb. Uh, it's part of a tree. There's actually a myrica californicus, which I haven't played with them much. I've I've chewed on the leaves and, and probably find a place for it. It's just not as delightfully aromatic as the uh, the northern European version. It's wild rosemary, uh, which is not related to culinary rosemary. It's got some other names, and it's um, unfortunately not available here. There's actually also a relative here that grows on the west coast of the United States. But um, And thirdly, yarrow, which is, frankly, everywhere. Um, I must warn you, if you read... Uh, 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 wild and, or excuse me, uh, healing and sacred beers, sacred and healing beers. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some listings of yarrow, but a lot of people I've talked to that made a yarrow beer find it can put them on the dark side, or people have talked about uh, people getting fights after having this beer. It's kind of really? a different kind of understanding of what things can do to you. We all take hops for granted, but if beer didn't have hops, and then we tasted a hops beer... We might actually feel slightly differently. Yeah. 
But you and I, and I'm thinking the rest of us in this room, uh, probably don't relate to hops actually having an effect on us because it's just kind of so something we're used to. Right. We've built up our tolerance. I think on strong, like, uh, IPAs, double IPAs, I do get an extra little bump from the from the hops. Well, I hope so. Yeah. Vic from the Bistro, you know, puts on these wonderful hop festivals and double IPA festivals at his place. I talked to him about this, and, and he has the same philosophy. And In fact, he, he I, I think I have him oh, on yeah. tape as saying um, it was one of his double IPA festivals, and, and he was very serious and, and, and very happy to claim that the lupulin factor in, in, in those beers that day, he felt just made everybody happy. He said, you know, this festival, I can notice the difference in people than, say, my barrel-aged festival, where we're not necessarily focusing lupulin and, and these different hops. So he, you know, he really believes that, yeah, that it does have an effect on it. Absolutely. And as I'm drinking this beer, I'm, um, I'm getting really horny, Brian. I'm thinking that the herbs, no, it's not that, but I was thinking that uh, herbs uh, and, and, and different things. I know, looking at a bunch of us guys does that to you, <laughs> it's, it's not so a problem. Weird. But using herbs, uh, historically, have uh, they, they were healing, they were used in medicines, uh, in, in some ways they're the basis for, for even different modern medicines. So, Well, they're frankly just used in life back then. I mean, you didn't go to the grocery store and buy the huge diversity you have. No, you had yeah, yeah. herbs that uh, had a plar- part in everything that you did in your life and everything you ate and drank and whatnot. Um, you went it, to Ook's tent and traded him some, you know, skins for some of his <laughs> from yarrow. Thank for you, some some moss. Yeah. Yeah. Rosemary. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. It's kind of interesting. Yarrow is uh, particularly famous for having, like, the dark side or the fighting aspect or some things that I don't entirely understand. Interesting. Which scares the living daylights out of me to put in a beer that I put out there commercially because... Uh, I don't want people to be uh, broadsided or, let's say, even combatant, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd rather have people know what it is they're getting into, which is why I've avoided that. I have about 20 pounds of dried yarrow in the brewery that I'm trying to wait for the right use for. But, uh, 2012. Yeah. You should make a 2012 beer. Just wait till you... <laughs> Where have you been? I already have. Just wait till your neighbor pisses you off and you need it. <laughs> Sounds like Roger from uh, Triple Rock. All, all he drinks is Yarrow, yarrow. beer. I had a Yarrow beer at a festival and it tasted like he, the guy put dried cousin in there. And it, I I pinned him down and he still said, nope, just Yarrow in uh, there. And, but it was delightful. It really and, was. And did you feel high? Or, well, or you're saying just the flavor? It's just the flavor, okay. mostly. I see. And I, well, I it was get, on acid. I didn't get combative, head. but... Yeah, yeah, you're always competitive. So you don't yeah, have yarrow in this. In more this competitive. Beer, the no, Artemis. no. I've yeah. I've been too afraid to use it until I understand it enough. Okay, uh, that's just not. That's interesting. Though. Responsible of me to do that. Did you have any of the the Gruet uh, herbs that you've just mentioned? No, actually not. I've uh, not used them. I have uh, two out of the three um, in the brewery. I'm just waiting for the right opportunities, uh, and I haven't done that. So I, I've played with enough other things, but. If you take something that you know is is happily something you have to have to make a beer, you take it out, boy, do you understand what it does yeah. and what it doesn't do, and that that's a really way to um, understand things. Like I said, yeah. So hmm. I'm not exactly sure how to ask you, ask you this question, but are you are you satisfied with the result? And I guess what I mean is, are you ready to give up on hops, or is this just an experiment? Some of us uh, in small breweries have contracts that um, we rather not talk about that we have to. <laughs> we talked about it a little last week too. When pretty was much here. hell freezes over yeah. at a prices 
almost like they ought to be illegal and suitable for a lawsuit. But uh, we won't go into that, will okay. we now? Because that would just be an emotional issue. Um, well, we don't no, but I what do... are emotions, though? <laughs> It'll really. be a change for JP not to be having the emotional... Uh... <laughs> yeah. Don't get me wrong. I do love hops. I adore hops. There's, uh, let's say, I, I do get a... A serious dose of hops uh, on a daily basis, uh, but that doesn't mean that's all there is to life. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's kind of fun to to see what else you can do, because imagine this: this is uh, you know some of us don't have a whole lot of sense of uh, history. Uh, some of us have went to at least public school. Um, <laughs> one reference I can use is the time of Columbus, fourteen ninety two. Half the beer in Europe had no hops. Really? Yeah, okay. that wasn't that long ago. I mean, that was that guy in the boat. Um, yeah, I think Tasty was around there. I think I might have been there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd be curious. I would hear stories later. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the first hops showed up, the first hops beer showed up in England in the year 1400-something or other. So, uh, and it took a while to get that established. There was certainly a lot of resistance to that because that's another freaking, you know, wrong thing to put in your beer. And then that brings the question of what is wrong to put in your beer? Yeah. Is it any wrong hops? Ugh. Right. Come on. There was what are you doing time. putting hops in your beer? Is that any more wrong than some of the things that I put in my beer? Yeah. What did they do you know what they used hops for before then? Were they just a weed somewhere that no that was that was thrown away? They weren't so much used. They weren't yeah. grown on the on yeah. the English Isles. They were grown on the continent. Uh they actually, from what I can understand, seem to have evolved around the Turkey area. And uh been found to be not so bad in beer and uh, slowly eked into uh, the rest of Europe okay. and the continent, like I said, continent, excuse me, the uh, the British Isles, like I said, 1400 something or other. Okay. So, um, you know what? All this stuff is like, it's not something new. Like, oh, let's put a little word crazy things in our beer. No, it's not that this is actually really retro thing. Okay. That's a good point, but we do, but we don't expect it uh, anymore. So it, it's it is different to people, I guess, at the very yeah. least. And actually, if you think about hops, it's kind of funny how hops came to be. Uh, there was a time in Europe when the uh, Catholic Church had a monopoly, and they sold the Gruet herbs, those three major herbs, as well as a few proprietary ones. And if you had a brewery, you wanted to buy at least those three critical ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never really had a beer with all three, but I suspect from what I know of flavor, they belong somehow together and they each contribute something that makes when the three are together, something just amazing and beyond their individuals. So from those three major, major Gruet herbs, then you added whatever you wanted and it was more local or more to your taste. Should you have colas and everyone has a different bunch of little weird things they put in your cola Pepsi Cola, yeah. Coca Cola, RC Cola, Shasta Cola. If those of you that are that old around here, um, <laughs> Tab. Oof, we won't go there. But um, RC was no one. That's why you're so skinny. Yeah. Um, so anyway, or meth. Um, so it's hard to say <laughs> what different herbs you use to to make it. But you start from these basic three herbs, and part of that is you wanted to, oddly enough, feel good from drinking beer. Even better than without. And also part of it is you want to have some sort of level of preservation, which hops do today. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the major contribution, contributions of hops yeah, yeah, is that they help preserve a beer. Stabilize it. Yeah, stabilize it, right. They uh, kind of upset a few lactic acid creatures and some other ones. They go, we don't really like this. We're not going to hang around here. We're, yeah. we're leaving. That's fine with us. Sure. So that's where you use hops. So use some other things, and they're antimicrobial, and your beer lasts a bit longer. I mean, anybody here, probably a lot of homebrewers, we've had beer that um, 
really we shouldn't drink because it's you know pretty much flat out nasty. Yeah. So you know you given that chance of drinking something that's absolutely nasty and ought to be flushed or or was already flushed, and then you have a choice of drinking something with oh maybe some hops or some other weird herbs and damn you know it's. I could drink another one of these. Okay. That's a hell of a trade-off, and that's really going to skew history and progress to the ones that help you make a tasty beer that you're going to want to actually drink a second, third, fourth, uh, twelfth glass of. Yeah. Or if you're the guy making it, and your beer's going to last more than two weeks. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't drink beer that's you know out in the market more than tw- two well, weeks. But... You know, these guys are out making beer in the medieval times, and they're, it, after about a week, it's getting kind of nasty. Yeah. Yeah, but if you throw some hops in there, now he's got two. Well, you certainly look at, you know, you yeah. might be able to sell, actually, all those kegs, yeah. casks. Excuse mm-hmm. me, they weren't kegs back then, casks yeah. or barrels. Uh, whereas if it starts to get a little funky and you can't sell it because it's a little too funky, I mean, you can only drink so much of that yourself. You start blending. Yeah, you start blending. Or you say, God, you know what? If I use these weird-ass herbs, it actually tastes uh, wow. tastes I, okay. Yeah. But, you know, three weeks later, I can still sell it. I can and still sell it. I don't know how many people here uh, in this room or in the audience actually have money have any relevance to the lies probably not very many people but you know if you're a brewery and you're trying to provide uh, food for yourself and your family trying to sell beer that lasts for three weeks yeah um i guess i could see something there yeah so in your case when you're experimenting with these beers or or maybe you're just brewing these beers and going for it i don't know your exact uh, process right but um so with hops, I can I can get out my recipe calculator and I and I can estimate the IBUs and how much bitterness I want compared to the malts. It's all very it's pretty well documented. With the different herbs that you're using in these, you know that you're adding some sort of contrast to the sweetness. But how are you measuring it? How are you deciding how much of a different herb to use? Well, see, the problem is back in the let's say 1492 is when half the beer was hopped and half was not. Although it's an arbitrary number. Their operating systems, I mean, they didn't even have Windows back then. You couldn't use some of those programs. <laughs> right. uh, I mean, you laugh, but really, Windows wasn't developed back Windows then. Windows 1408. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. That was uh, that was really rudimentary, and it <laughs> yeah. was not Beta. supportive to some of the uh, programs today. Yeah, yeah. So you had to actually taste the ingredients. Uh, it's kind of a, an archaic concept. Uh, it's old at that time. But if you pay attention to your ingredients... Um, you know, with The Joy of Cooking is an amazing book. Uh, I met one person that couldn't handle the recipes from The Joy of Cooking, and she was Japanese. And perhaps it's just different sensitivities. I don't really know. But generally, Joy of Cooking, you read it, and it makes sense, and you can make the recipes in there. Uh, I don't know enough about uh, some of the small brewing or home brewing books, but if you get a sense that's that's you understand what the author's writing, then it all comes together. Um so, Joy of Cooking, part of it is there's a whole chapter, Know Your Ingredients. And really, that is the beginning of everything. If you don't know all the different varieties of hops, if you don't know what Munich Malt 20 does, different from Munich Malt 20, excuse me, different Munich Malt 10, or Biscuit, oh my God, then why bother putting these things in just because some, some computer spits out that you should add these things? Well, that's, to me, sad. Because if you taste these malts, and malts are really great. You can just chew on them. Yeah. Some yeah. of these herbs, you get chew on them, and, and, oh, my God, you're shot for a week. Your taste buds are never going to taste anything else. But uh, make tea out of these herbs or, uh, seriously, like the uh, the first beer we had, the Working for Tips, mm-hmm. has uh, the tips of the redwood branches in springtime. Uh, I chew on them. 
I don't know how many people chew on trees. I assume it's really normal, but people have said some strange <laughs> things about me. Um, so I chew on the redwood trees at the brewery. And when they taste right, then I use them to make beer. Mm. Well, there's other herbs, that same sort of thing. Uh, the the cedar uh, that I use in the Uncle Fudd, same thing. I drive by these trees all the time, and I keep tasting them when they taste right. Then I have in my mind what I think they would taste good of and good in, in the way of a beer. It's like... You have this flavor in your mind, and you think, if this flavor would be in a beer, how would it taste? How would it taste best? What would that beer be like? So you're tasting this flavor, you're chewing on a branch and imagining beer and imagining this branch, and you're going... And the neighbors are staring at you. Oh, I try not to let people look at me. It's like I loses his mind. He's chewing on the tree. Are real good. Good. No, I wear some pants when you're doing the that. The tree chewer's back, Mom. <laughs> the tree chewer's back. He's got no pants on. Get in now. the house, Billy. <laughs> the damn video cameras. Yeah, um, America's funniest the, home video. I can see. So I see where you and you can taste this, and and the same with the malts, and 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 I like the the thought of of envisioning it in a beer, but there's still it. There's still a quantity issue. Well, I guess what I'm wondering is if you have to do small pilot, but a ton of brewing with it. Cause e- so even with the grains, right? Now, I can go chew them and go, well, I love this flavor. I want this in my beer. But I still, because it's so well documented, can now calculate the sugar content I'm going to get so that I can get the right alcohol level, et cetera. Uh, you see what I'm saying? So here yeah, you that's are. really amazing that we have these programs today. Um, Chromash, I think, and yeah, some yeah, other ones, yeah. because they're really ideally suited. It's amazing what we can do with computers to analyze all these ingredients, put them together. So if a computer was tasting a beer, it would make a beer the computer would want to drink. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And I'm, I like my computer, and I oh. trust its taste. But... <laughs> it's got good taste. Oh, yeah. no, I'm sorry. But, but... I was wrong. You were talking about a beer that you want to drink. Yeah. Then why would a computer have something relevant to that? Well, I think the, that's the premise of Terminator 4. <laughs> Because Arnold I makes a beer he wants to drink. But, I, you know, I guess what I'm saying is uh, I still want to make a – I want to be as educated as possible, uh, as, especially if I'm a, I'm a craft brewer and I can't, you know, waste a lot of batches of beer. I probably can't afford to do it. Uh, you know, I, I just – I guess I just you, – you have to have some standards. Or I'm asking you, are you – Throwing these, uh, you know, the, these these redwood tips in, you're thinking, well, you know, a, a handful of my mouth is really goddamn strong. I'm going to try a handful in the beer, and uh, and are you just going for it that All way? All right, I'll tell you what, I, I gauge a lot of these. <laughs> Let me back up. Kind of interesting thing I, I heard years ago that we all count, even if we've learned other languages and we're living in another foreign country, country to, foreign to where we grew up, mm-hmm. we always count in our original language. Hmm. Now, it's kind of a strange concept. We live in the States, but, yeah, we grew up in Europe or some other place. Uh, uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco. Um, I can't repeat the language that I grew up with. But um, that sort of context, you have to think about where we are trained in this thing, in these things. So a lot of what I do is I'll take a beer and compare it honestly, or not a beer, excuse me, ingredients, and compare it to hops. Okay. Uh, because I'm more fluent in hops, and I can say, well, so many pounds of hops in 20 barrels gives me this. And frankly, I do a lot of my formulations in seven barrels because I do a lot of uh, a lot of my earlier brewing recipe formulations were in a seven-barrel brewery, which is now downtown Joe's. Back then it was Willits. Um, and so I compare, ah, well, if I chew on this, it has kind of the comparable bitterness or astringency as... So much hops or so forth. The aromatics are pretty mild compared to hops. So I, 
I kind of do some multipliers and that sort of thing to get some relation to how I use hops. Okay. So if the aromatics are way strong, like the uh, uh, one of the later beers, the uh, Oswego Tea, um, that was so intense, I certainly use a lot fewer pounds for aromatics than it would have hops because they're so much more intent. Intense, excuse me. Uh, whereas the mugwort that I use for bittering, you have two on that, you make a tea out of that, and you go, come on, come on, a little more. Whereas you have the same number of pounds of even a Cascade or a UK Golding. They're just not going to have the bittering component anywhere near as small as you get from the uh, mugwort. Okay. So I knew I had to multiply it by a few times to get the character I want to bite off and to contrast the sweetness from the malt. Okay. So really, I do some strange visualizations. I, I visualize flavors, and I don't know how many other people do that, as if visualization is the right word for what I do with flavors. If I have a flavor in my head. What does it look like when you visualize a flavor? Does it look like JP, for example, if it's a particularly uh, abusive flavor? I have to do it in the dark, so I really don't know what it, it looks, looks like. like. Something in the early electric company. You yeah. know, I am I am best viewed in the dark, so, <laughs> so it might very well look like JP. Well, at this point, I can understand that. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah, there's some people who I mean they see they see in shapes, or yeah. a number will be uh, a color and a shape at mm. the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe it's something like that. Yeah, so it's synesthesia. I can't pronounce that word. <laughs> you were doing synesthesia, good. Yeah. Eh, something like that. That's after good. anesthesia, after fewer beers, it would probably come out clearer. But you Google, <laughs> Google if you can imagine what that spelled like, and yeah. uh, you'll find it'll say, "Did you really mean?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Have you I, been drinking? It says that's what happens when I go to Google and I misspell something. It says, "Have you been drinking?" Yeah. And other people apparently it says, "Did you mean?" <laughs> it's weird. I get. Do you mean? Hell no, that's not what I meant. I visualize in tits. All my, when I see a flavor, it's all a size, a shape, a, yeah. a, a skin tone, quantity, so, areola. It's like uh, a puffiness. A cumin yeah. would be like a like a ski jump titty with yeah. a small nipple. Because these are what I know, and yeah. I need to. You know, Brian knows hops. I know boobs, hmm. and so I. This is my. Uh, but this is what I was getting. I I wanted to know what how you do relate some kind of frame of reference when new when using these new ingredients because. Uh, otherwise, like I said, you, you might be wasting a lot of beer, throwing well, away, you know. And it's... like I said, I, I really do use, just like my original language, I generally start to formulate from a seven-barrel batch. I make 21s, generally. Um, but I, I formulate in my mind, visualize how many pounds make certain character of certain ingredients. I generally start with a seven-barrel batch because it's what I mostly learned on. I suspect most people listening didn't start. Yeah, I yeah. didn't do a lot of recipe formulations at Seven Barrel Batch. I did a lot of recipe formulations on other batches, but some of the more recent things that I want to compare to on on Sevens. So um, you basically look at, uh, well, it, this is this is bitter like twice as much Northern Brewer. Exactly. Yes. And then yeah, then you can pull and, it in. And let me ask you: When you smell different varieties of hops, how else would you compare? I mean. I don't know because this is this is only me, and I'm frankly pretty much on the fringe. Apparently, um, how do you judge when you have a different variety of hop and you smell this compared to something else you've been using? You go, oh, I've never seen this hop before, and right. you smell. I hopefully that that worked on. The oh, that was oh, smelling yeah. hops. Oh, I thought yeah. that was the, never mind. Okay. <laughs> well, there's no, there's no video cam. Well, that's good. Um, Anyway, when you smell hops and when you make it, uh, I make a lot of teas from hops because you get yeah. different characters from them than if you were to merely 
um, to smell them. So do you, do you judge more on when you're tasting them raw or when you make a tea? I think making a tea All would, of it. would would, do both. would, would yeah. pull more out of All it. All of it. And even if you make tea, you have to watch out for hops. It's very difficult to to understand ahead of time. The different temperatures give you different characteristics. Right. I found 120 to 160 Fahrenheit when you make a tea is much more appropriate. If you make a tea higher than 160, yeah. you get a lot of astringency stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, now, if you're throwing those hops into uh, something where they're steeping a long time, you're going to pick up a lot of that astringency, the tannins. Uh, but if you're throwing them near the end, uh, you're going to pick up a lot less of that because uh, I pretty much overdose. I use quart canning jars for uh, making tea. It's pretty effective. They have big mouths because hops swell up and they're kind of a pain in the ass. Otherwise, you get out of something small. So you try them at different temperatures, and you find that you get much different things. Hmm. Uh, and aromatically, um, you're just smelling the hops themselves. They're very different than the results you get from making tea. So you have to balance all that. What you're going to get using different procedures at different temperatures and so forth. Uh, I came across a few varieties that I preferred making teas that I wouldn't have otherwise picked up. I use, tend to use those more in dry hopping. Uh, frankly, Nugget's one of those. Pearlies is one of those. Uh, Goldings of Brewer's Gold have some pretty amazing characters as well. Some of the ones I thought would be delightful actually like, oh, like, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you wouldn't have known unless you tried them in different situations. And instead of merely putting them in beer and aging that way, you put them in tea and you try them at different temperatures. You try... As much information as you can get is as valuable as the information is going to play out when you finally make that beer because some of us have to drink our results. Does anybody else picture Brian uh, alone on that uh, on that piece of property where the brewery is with, like, cauldr- Ma- boiling cauldrons no, no, just, all around him? He's walking and... around with a mason jar or something <laughs> in it. Yeah. I just have this image of, like, 30 different cauldrons of, you know, the, well, the fog the, is rolling over. There's only one cauldron. There's only one <laughs> vessel I have with the fire under it. But uh, it. sometimes my uh, my intern, Jeff, will come in the morning, and he doesn't quite complain, per se, but he, he kind of... Uh, maybe he complains there's no clean glassware, <laughs> ah. uh, but he does have to clean up a number of glasses. Well, you know, somebody once different. asked me on uh, in some interview sort of thing what my favorite beer ingredient was, and I said, a tasting glass. Mm. <laughs> and yeah, great but to be honest, you know what? Like I was talking before about the computer. If your computer is like the one that's analyzing your beer and going to drink it, yeah. then it is the absolute best Computers, technology like that is exactly what we need. However, if you, in fact, I mean you or anybody else in this room, is the one that's going to be tasting the final beer, what is the best device used that you should use to analyze the characteristics of that beer to find out if it's something that you personally are going to want to enjoy? And I'm guessing it's not, you know, it's high pressure chromatography or, you know, weird ass <laughs> expensive things that are in a lot of expensive breweries. No, it's laying underneath the tap for me. I just I stay right there. <laughs> well, see, I try to stand up. Inverted but, uh, horizontal. have a similar sort of concept, yeah. yeah. Yeah, And that's why if you don't, I mean, are you tasting your wort? You're tasting the mash. Yeah. You're tasting the first words that come out of the louder, you're the last words saving. If you're going to add the last words, well, you better know what they taste like. Are they tasting tannic and nasty? Oh, God, I don't want that crap in my beer. Yeah. No, I'd rather dump that in that water later or dilute it and add sugar if I have to, to uh, have the flavors taste right. Because frankly, I like to taste beer and I assume the people that 
want to lay off five bucks on the bar to buy a pint of my beer, I assume they really like the taste of beer, too, instead of the analytical results that don't tell me what I want to know. Yeah. But my iPhone doesn't have an app for all those tasting all those Not different yet. parts of the process, so I don't know if I could do this. Now, Justin, take <laughs> yes. your iPhone. It's very important. Yeah. You do have the app for that. I and do. next time you're in the bathroom, take your app, mm-hmm. take your iPhone, drop it in the toilet. Right. Then you go back, and flushing or not, I don't think it matters, okay. you taste the beer. Okay. <laughs> and you know what? What really matters? Does your Save iPhone matter cents. or does your palate matter? If you're drinking a beer and you really, you really enjoy that beer, <laughs> do you think your iPhone would have a fucking... Clue. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I'll, let me ask Steve Jobs. I'll Wait get back can to I you. Ask, can I ask it one more time? Because I don't think I enunciated that clearly. Yeah, yeah. If you really like a beer... It's probably not mine. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Do you think your iPhone has a fucking... <laughs> Clue. I know what tastes good. Do no, you think the, all the? I think the next all version the, will. Yeah, the new the new BlackBerry uh, Palm yeah. Free does though. Let's give it some time. Yeah, yeah you know what? It's going to go. This Miller Genuine Drought. God, this is damn good. Yeah. All yeah. right. So you going to believe that app? Yeah. Uh, uh, it, no, it, of course not. And I love this philosophy of. Uh, uh, it's not even a uh, this. And I do it actually when I brew. Uh, very rarely. Uh, the tasting of every part of the process. Absolutely. My 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 first runnings. My yeah. last runnings and. And I do. I can taste the tannins. I have turned it off because of that before. And uh, you're absolutely right. This whole part of the process, um, where your palate is your best. Some well, people think I'm just getting drunk, and uh, I don't know what that means. But <laughs> I think it's about what important aspects of uh, assessing the beer at every step of the process. Yeah. When you're looking for new ingredients, what do you decide is safe to put in there? How do you how do you get a basis for that? I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there to taste. There's parts of this, parts of that, and um, there's things out there we shouldn't be putting in beer. Yeah. Poison wine. I tried strychnine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it, t- it was my a gut little up extra a little harsh. Bit. Yeah. No, I, I didn't like the flavor of it. Um, I it, try to use things that are uh, a normal, inter- normal in nature in the sense that they've been used for things like okay. the uh, Oswego tea, the herb in the uh, Artemis. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the Oswego, Oswego Indians use that. To make a tea, it had particular effects. It's used some culinary uh, aspects and a lot of herbal remedy sort of thing. Uh, it's normal. Uh, the mugwort involved in that, it's been used for you know about a thousand years yeah. or so. There's a ale. lot of ones that I've heard of, too. It's just that you know, somebody's got stuff growing outside. And they're, yeah, it's a good question, it, though. And they, they want to know, hey, can I put that in? And you know, well, you taste it. And... Well, you know what? There's an internet for some of that stuff. Uh, somebody uh, interviewed me at the... Homebrew, um, I don't know exact conference uh, name of it, uh, in Oakland uh, a few months back. And uh, there was a little mention about the beer I had, the uh, Uncle Fudd, that had cedar, western cedar. Okay. So, oh, my God, this might be poisonous. Yeah, if you look it up online, you'll find it does have a, a, a level three irritation to it, which actually, if you look up hops, is <laughs> exactly a level Three irritation, yeah. which means if you rub your arm against it, ideally the forearm where it's a little yeah, more or, sensitive. Or some people are going to be you know, more sensitive to it than other people. I was wondering yeah. where that rash that came yeah. from during the conference. So, I had that. Yeah, yeah there's there's yeah. things out there. Um, We're talking under the arm. Oh, um, but yeah, there there's some things. Basically, if they're used in food or in different arm, in yeah. remedies, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, I have actually at the brewery some really gorgeous uh, mushrooms. 
the beautiful red Amanita Death caps. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I have not found it yet. Red right, with like, for little that. white dots on them. God, they're gorgeous. Aren't they? They're, <laughs> yeah. they are really beautiful mushrooms. Wow. But I've decided I, I really didn't think they belonged in beer based hey, a little on mostly bit? on their taste. Who are you to make that decision, yeah, Brian? Come on. Yeah. We want our Death Caps. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Omelets. They're just so much far better than omelets. You know, yeah. just. Just a little. Just give an edge. <laughs> Small omelet. No, no. I'll have that for our breakfast in the omelet, and then make beer after that. Yeah. All right. Let me get us to a quick break, and when we come back, I want to ask about. Uh, I think that's a good starting point, uh, and especially finding a. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I need a death cap. Well, finding a point of reference. Uh, uh, I think it's a fantastic answer that you were looking at things that have been used before, and that it's not some. You know, you're not. Uh, finding some rare pine cone that's never, ever been used in the history right. of eating things. Um, oh, that would taste in my beer. But yeah. I want to talk to you about local ingredients, and, and really, uh, you do have a passion for uh, your your region, I think, Brian, and, and, and making that a part of your, your company and your beer and, and what you produce. So when we come back, I'd like to ask you more about that and maybe how us homebrewers can do the same uh, all, right. all across the country. So hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back with Brian Hunt from Moonlight. Hang in. All right, good stuff there, huh? It was a good time. Brian is great. If you want that whole show, and of course you should, because there's, you know, we used to, uh, as uh, the folks in Australia used to say, we used to waffle a lot back then. So if you like a lot of entertainment, check it out. Um, hit the archives or search Moonlight Beer and Ale, which is the name of the show title in the search box there. Check it out. Uh, we're going to take another quick break, and we're going to be right back with some more clips. Hang on. It's the best of the session. Hang tight. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's the session best of quarantine edition, and we're here in my house. I'm live with Sully and Teresa from the 21st Amendment and Crooked Lane, respectively. You guys still uh, still awake over there? You're not coughing. You don't have a fever. No, Should I wash my hands? No, you should, but you should pick your nose. <laughs> was that weird? No, was that weird I that I announced should, that I picked my nose? Everyone it. picks their nose. Come on. Teresa, we you pick your nose. We do a communal nose pick since we're, you know, yeah. bearing all trolls and all that stuff. That's right. I feel like, uh, you know, I feel like that's appropriate. Okay. I think so, too. Yeah. I'm doing mine right now. Oh, I'm not okay. doing mine. That's yeah. gross. That's disgusting. I'll wash my hand. <laughs> <laughs> um You'll never I actually did it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's our last clip, everybody. It's from uh, November 13th, 2011, which was 19... No, 19. Jesus Christ, I'm stupid. Nine years ago. Nine years ago. Sully, can you imagine? 
I can't. I can't even remember nine years ago. <laughs> but I'm glad you have it on tape for me to listen to. <laughs> I really do. Um, it's called the No Beer Show, and we were supposed to have the folks from Boulder Beer on, and they sent a ton of beer. Their West Coast rep just delivered a bunch of beer to Justin on his doorstep, and this clip has a a, a nice little you know uh, recant of of how that went down. Um, but it, they had to cancel at the last minute. So instead of waiting for the next show to drink it, we finished all that night. <laughs> so all the all the Boulder beer that was delivered to the to the studio back then, we just finished because they told us they would just send us more <laughs> more beer. And you know us, we're going to drink all that beer. We're going to take them up on that. So uh, this clip picks up right after Bev came in to the studio for the first time since having Abby. I was telling you about this a little bit earlier in the show. And you can imagine, of course, how inappropriate we were to her back then. <laughs> Uh, we also chat with Jamil a little bit on his first bottling run at Heretic and a bunch of other stuff. It was a lot of fun. We talked about nicknames. It was, just, it was very kind of freeform and bantery, and I, I really liked this clip. I had, a, I, I had a good time sort of connecting with it. So here we are back in 2011, the No Beer Show. We'll take a, we'll take a break with you. We'll come have a beer with you. Thanks right. for coming to say hi to the folks. Sure. All right. Bye. Bye, guys. Uh, do, you have a, do you have a backup Twitter game question, Chippo? Nope. Oh, come on. Something in your list there. I didn't. Uh, make the it one, up right now. You have uh, a few minutes to make it up. All right, thanks to our sponsor, More Beer. You can go to morebeer.com. They bring you this Sunday session and every Sunday session. Go to morebeer.com and check them out. Wonderful folks over there who I love very much. Uh, more Beer. <clears throat> our guest tonight will be Jeff Brown. He's the president of Boulder Beer Company, and they rocked us some beer for this show, guys. Nice. Oh, yeah, they sent us down to, uh, they had their um, their local rep, who, by the way, is a huge BN Army fan. Oh, hell yeah. Cool. The local rep for Boulder Beer Company shows up at my house to drop off the beer, um, two yeah. 12-pack variety packs, and another bottle of a porter, and another bottle of a one-off beer that you can't get anywhere. Mm. Uh, and he's in, and he's rocking the BN Army hoodie when he gets here. <laughs> he's got a BN Army sticker on the back of his car. <laughs> and he's wow. like, he's like, dude... I've been wanting to meet you guys for a long time. I'm a huge fan. The the Boulder Beer Rep. Nice, nice guy. Andy good. is his name, right? Andy, nice. I gave him a hoodie and a script and told him to say that stuff. <laughs> say all that stuff. It makes yeah. Justin feel good. It was actually a strippogram. It keeps me working. If Moscow knows that, if he has people come over and stroke my ego, I'll actually keep working. Oh, here's a couple right. of stickers. Put one on. You can take it off later, but you can put it on your vehicle for a little <laughs> just while. Just don't worry about it. Yeah. yeah this one's removable. Yeah. It's a fake sticker. Or just take my car. Yeah, the guy was a good actor. Actually, he gave me a um, he gave me a four loco polo. Nice. Oh, did he really? Well, he was about to leave, and he's like, "Oh, oh, wait, 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 right there. Just wait right there in your house." And he goes to his car, and he's like, "It it might be too late for this. You know, I'm a little behind in the archives, but I got you this, and it's a four loco polo shirt." Wow. And I was like, "Dude, I'll wear that in the golf so does course he rep right now." For four loco. No, but when you uh, work for like when you when you're a rep and yeah. you have to go work with distributors, right? Like, you get all that shit. All you have to go swag. to distributor, yeah. uh, like, meetings and shit. So he probably just got the schwa. You know, conventions. You have to go to these things where you look at everybody's products. Yeah. And <clears throat> you know the Four Loco booth is always the best. In fact, Nicole sent me a wonderful picture of her and the Four Loco broads at a drinking convention in Las Vegas. <laughs> and so you know that they're a lot better than, like, the craft beer booth. Oh, sure. You always go to the fucking alcohol booths. Not oh, the, yeah. the liquor booths, I should say. Yeah. 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 And uh, it was a nice picture you sent. Yeah. That'll be my promo pick next time I'm the guest. Yeah, true that. <laughs> we're going to have to do that. Oh, there's a Four loco reference on Workaholics this week. TV show? Yeah. I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, because oh, this is a 2009 
before they changed it. A vintage Four Loko? <laughs> yeah. He was, he was giving it as a gift. And he, and he was really into it. Like, hey, it's 2009. Right. Before they changed it. Still the caffeine in there. <laughs> Tasty, what kind of beer did you bring? I brought an American Blonde. You want some? I would love some. I'll pass that glass over. I was it. drinking Heretic's Cousin, oh, which is, by so the way, strong, it's being bottled tomorrow. That's right. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to take some pics. That and the twin. Oh, you are? Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Bottled for distribution. Evil Twin and um, yeah, for nice. distri- Evil Twin and the cousin is going to be bottled tomorrow in twenty twos. I think, right, guys? Yeah, yes. yeah, twenty twos. Yep. And then uh, he said it might take a while to get to your area, but there, Jay Z's working on it, man. He's going to be in there busting ass trying to get some bottling done. Yeah. I heard. A, I think it's SoCal first is where it'll be sent. I'm not sure where it'll be after that, but that's I think that's the first. Destination. I got to ask him about that. I know there's a rhyme well. to his reason. If you follow them on Twitter, there he mentions a. Uh, a mail order place you can get it from in most states. Really? Yeah. Oh, nice. So people anywhere can get it. I've got to get Jay-Z on here as a guest, I uh, think. Let's call him and ask him about what the hell's yeah, going he, on he'll with He'll give you the website. You'll be able to get it online. You want to give Nicole Jay-Z's number for me, Jip? And we'll see if we can get him on while I'm doing the announcements here. Sure. Have Nicole <laughs> ring him up and uh, see if we can find out about this bottling situation. All right, you can go to the BN store, as always. Uh, a couple new uh, T-shirt designs in there. Uh, working on a new store, by the way. I'm hoping that's going to be up here pretty soon. Uh, doing a bunch of data entry and bullshit to try to get that thing done. But um, we'll put a bunch of new designs up in there. And then speaking of new things, the new iPhone Android app is now available. It's in the Android market. Yeah. Uh, you have to search nice. BN Mobile. BN Mobile. Okay. Go check it out, Jib. See if you have an Android, right? I do. Go search it and see if that thing will download and work. Right. I haven't even tested the damn thing I yet. Know I just people, got noticed that it's up. I know people in the chat were. We're, <clears throat> we're checking were, it? Yeah. And it seems to work, so. Okay. Which is good news. Um, yeah, so it's not in iTunes yet because uh, Apple has a really slow approval process. So I know you're going to... Yeah. Steve Jobs has to approve it. What about it. the take iPhone <laughs> app? <laughs> yeah, it's actually... It's still on... It's on Steve Jobs' desk waiting for approval. <laughs> or just send Sam down there to grease the, the dead letter palms phone? a little bit. Give him a dollar or something. I got this gold coin. All right, <laughs> check it out. It says Chuck E. Cheese on it. You can make those things move. Yeah. Uh, so, but the Android app is there. Go to the Android Market, I think it's called, and yep. you search BN Mobile. Marketplace. BN think. Mobile. We're a little more sophisticated than you iPhone users. I see. Well, that's fine by me. I don't care. Because you have to be. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> In order true. to make it work. To make oh, it yeah. work. Yeah. Um, and then I'll let you know as soon as the iTunes one. It's, oh, and it's free. It's free, by the way. That's right. Good. So, yeah. You don't got to gotta pay for it. <coughs> that's what free means. I don't know if you knew that. I don't, but uh, free. Um, I'd like to. Good. Who's blonde is this, Tasty? That's uh, a homebrew I made. <laughs> Did you say that Tasty last night? It's good. It doesn't have great mouth, mouth feel. It's 4.5%, yeah. so it's pretty uh, pretty cool. It's really good. Really nice session beer. Yeah. It has really like tasty. a It has a professional house. Did you just put him on hold? Yeah, he can call back later. Oh, he can't talk right now? Oh, he can't talk right now. It's Jay-Z. Sorry. Great, go. You have like a professional house flavor going on there, Tasty. Well, I got a. It's just I'm, I'm using like a three different base malts in this beer, so you're getting a. I don't know. Thank you. Yeah, it's good. It's unique. Hey, Jay Z, how you doing, man? Sorry to bug you, but I was announcing that you're bottling beer tomorrow, and then we had some questions come up. Yeah, yeah, we're we're bottling tomorrow. Our first. Uh... Batch of heretic beers will be in bottles. Bombers. So, so you're doing. Uh, Evil Cousin and Evil Twin in 22s? Yes. Beautiful. And then Tasty was thinking that the beer will first be available in SoCal. Is that the deal? Uh, the the bomber? Yeah, um, yeah. 
Well, yeah, we're, we're sending some down to our distributor in Southern California, Central Coast, Mike Larrabee, and, uh, and they will be distributing around uh, Santa Barbara, San Luis Obispo, San Maria, that area. Okay. But, uh, you know, the, the quickest way to get a bottle of Heretic beer will be Tuesday morning. You can come on down and we'll sell uh, direct, to, direct to the public. Right at the brewery. Yep. Beautiful. And then, is there some kind of, like, mail-order place that you're going to be doing your beer through? Um, there's a couple. One is um, Brewforia. They're out of uh, Idaho. And um, we'll be sending beer out, out there. They have a distributor in Idaho that will pick up the beer. Okay. And then they can ship to 35 different states. So uh, they should be, you know, some, sometime in November, I, I would think they'd be able to ship them. And then um, we're also working with uh, beerjobber.com, and that's kind of a different thing. I'm not 100% sure on when that'll happen, but uh, that also can ship to 35 different states. Okay, wow. All right, well, that's a good deal then. So you'll have those updates on the Heretic website? As far as uh, in your list of distributors and have your beer? Yeah, we'll, we'll add it to the find some list yeah. right, on so. link on the Heretic website, and right. we'll be sure to post it on uh, Facebook as Great. well when, when that comes available. So I haven't been to the brewery in a while. What is the bottling situation like? Are you going to be sitting there with a more beer counter pressure, <laughs> pressure bottle, bottle filler for the next 48 hours, yeah, like, hand, like hand doing every bottle? No, we're going to do it like Tasty does. We're going to stick a piece of tubing uh, on the printer and yeah. bottle right off of that. Thanks for the love. Thanks for the love. There's a, there's a, a mobile bottling service uh, that a lot of breweries use. Uh, the guy's name is Ron uh, Gregerson. Okay. And uh, he's been bottling for breweries for like 15 years. He nice. does like 40, 45 different breweries. He does uh, Drake's and a bunch of others. And uh, he'll come down and then... Uh, we he unloads his, his bottling line. We set it up right there uh, next to our fermenters, and uh, he bottles off of that. Beautiful. So you just supply the beer and the glass, and he goes to town. Yeah, and actually, we don't even supply the glass. He takes care of everything. Wow, it's, it's pretty amazing. You just uh, get in contact with him. You you send his guys some art for your bottles. And, uh, you know, just before you bottle, labels show up, glass shows up, and uh, he brings the caps and, and the equipment, and you just supply the beer and, and CO2, and he uh, runs the whole thing. And you have people help, uh, you know, just putting cases on pallets and stuff like that. So how many cases do you think you guys are going to be able to bottle tomorrow? We're going to do 480, 240 of the cousin and 240 of the twin. Wow, nice. nice. Oh, yeah. You know what, though? Like, that sounds like a lot to us because we're homebrewers and because we know Jamil. But in the beer world, that's a, that's going to go quick, isn't it? That's a small amount of beer. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, we're going to go ahead and try and schedule to uh, bottle again in four weeks. Wow. Okay. So uh, if we can, then we'll, we'll hopefully get on a schedule and maybe do every four weeks. And we can also up the amount. He'll do... Uh, you know, as much as we want them to do. All right. Well, I like it. Yeah. How's uh, how's distribution out of state going to be? Do you have any plans for that? Well, right now it's just going to be going through um, 
uh, Brephoria and uh, perhaps Spear Jobber. And then um, we have a number of other distributors that we've been talking with, and I just need to make sure that before we sign on that we have enough, um, you know, production capacity to just keep a steady amount of beer going to these places. I don't want to send some out and then run out. And, uh, so we, we just need to you know, take it a step at a time and make sure that we're expanding our capacity to meet the needs. But you got, you're selling every drop of beer you're making right now. Pretty much, yeah. Good job. We drink some, we drink some ourselves. <laughs> uh, and, and I think I'm doing a little dent every month, too. And we're helping as much as we can. <laughs> right. Well, I, I can t- I'm out there drinking the beer along beside the drinking public, and uh, you don't have enough beer. I'm telling you that right now. You're, mm-hmm. you, you need to make a lot more. Yeah, well, uh, we're, we'll, we'll do the best we can. Uh, yeah. It's, it's uh, you know, a challenge just keeping the, you know, the flow of beer being produced and of beer being sold to, you know, keep those pretty consistent uh, with each other. It's, it's tough. Sometimes you can end up with too much beer sitting on hand and then not enough distribution or too much distribution, not enough beer. I just got to be careful of that. Uh, sounds like a big mess to me. I just want to drink it. <laughs> yeah, it's like work. It, it, sounds, it sounds really like a lot like work. I'll tell you, man, that evil twin through repetition and practice has really become one of my favorite beers on earth right now. It's a great beer style and a great <laughs> such a great, good style. Great beer too. It has like a I don't I don't know. Nicole, you did that whole show about how to describe beers and I'm speechless right now with that beer. It just it has a lot of depth and complexity and it's just damn good. It's malty and hoppy. I'm telling you that's what people like. Malty and hoppy together. Yeah, it does have both. And yeah. that's uh, maybe that's why I'm such a fan of it right now. Same with I'm the not... Janice Brown. That's why people like it. It's not yeah. a magic recipe. I don't think even the twin is either. It's a bit of both. It's just a well-made malty and hoppy beer. Yeah. It's an overall high intensity. But then at the same time there's a kind of neutral yeast character. Right. So it doesn't have any of that, like, zippy, lemony zest. No, it doesn't. That you find in other beers, right, Nicole? It, it really disappoints me that way. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Jay, are you saying you like it now more than you did before? Like you, I, I think so. Well, I, I, no, I've liked it, I think, all along. You had but, to study it pint after pint but I, after But since pint. I've been studying it for so long now, I've really developed an intimate appreciation uh, for it, is what's happened. I bathed in it the other day. <laughs> seems, seems like a waste. Pretty good. Are you done with your evaluation? <laughs> I'm not quite finished with my evaluation. One more time. Uh, Jay-Z, I might need to evaluate uh, a couple more kegs of the Evil Twin. Okay. Our, our <laughs> cases of bottles is, is appropriate. Right. Well, the bottles, I, I have a feeling, are going to be like a... Uh, those are a real commodity. Like that's I don't oh, yeah. I, I don't want to take his bottles. Uh, well, no, you want to have the commodity. Yes, you want to take his bottles. <laughs> oh, I do. I see. It's a good. I should probably test your bottling quality, Jamil. Yeah, yeah. You know. Okay. So there might you might need to set aside at least a case so that I could uh, uh, each. sell them on eBay. Well, I know Jamil, and he doesn't want to put out anything that uh, hasn't been uh, quality, tested. Quality control. <laughs> quality. Yeah. So he did that once. Is that what we're calling it now, quality control. <laughs> yeah. I'd, well, I'd like to call it that because I'm starting to feel like an alcoholic. QC. <laughs> so if you don't mind, I'm going to start calling it QC. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. That's control. Uh, I'm happy for you, Jay Z. It's good stuff. Oh, thank you. This is a big event tomorrow. Yeah. yeah All right. We're excited. Well, I guess Jip's coming over to take photos and stuff for the website. Yeah. Great. Don't let him breathe near the bottles. He might keep him away. Yeah. Everybody. 
everybody with masks and uh, and gloves on. Yeah. It's just like when he used to bottle exactly. at home. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the clean room that everyone has to stop in, and the, like a steam jacket goes yeah, over. Hold on a minute. Yeah. yeah. Put on the hazmat suit. Get right. the booties on. The I hair. did notice that he didn't invite me. He hasn't invited me near his beer since I got the MRSA. He doesn't know when you take nah, a shower because you have too much body hair. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. We'll see you on Tuesday. That's when I'll be up. All right. Yeah, after bottling, that's when Tasty shows up. Well, the work's done. Yeah, he's afraid he's going to get put to work. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we just wanted an update, Jay-Z. It's good news that you're bottling. Cool. So thanks, man. Yeah. Thanks. All right, brother. We'll see you. All right. Take care. There you go. Heretic Brewing, everybody. The great Jamil Zana chef. Jamil. Zany. Jamil. Is how Jamil. I call him. Now. Jamil. Jamil. <laughs> Remember we Jamal. almost did a whole show on how to pronounce his name? Yeah, why do some people say, like, I'm from Oakland. I say Jamil. Jamil. <laughs> but then, like, other people are like, Jamil. 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 He has, Jamil. He has clarified it's Jamil. Mm-hmm. That is so weird. But I refuse to do it. And he's okay with that. Jamil doesn't care. Oh. Yeah, as long as you're not trying to insult him, call, call him what you're comfortable with. So I've told him flat out, I now know that your name is Jamil. But to me, you're Jamil. And I just can't change that. There's nothing I as can long, do about it. As long as you're not doing it so bad that you're adding like an extra syllable, like Jamil. Which I tend to do sometimes, yeah. too. But again, he knows I'm not it. doing it to be a dick. I'm doing it like, more because I'm retarded. It's like sledding up to the note. You, pray, you use both vowels. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I, have a, I have enough difficulty with pronunciation as it is, so yeah. don't change it up now or I'll get all screwed up. Right. You know. Yeah. Don't call him Jamarcus. He doesn't like Jamarcus <laughs> or Jason. Actually, Jason likes Jason. Yeah. Who's well, Jason? Yeah. I don't know. I don't think I've ever called you Jason in my life. No, it's a good separation for me between my real life and, and the fucking bullshit of homebrewing. <laughs> it's either JP or Jason. Yeah, Jason creeps uh, me out. I don't like it at all. I like it a yeah. lot more. You like Jason more? I never liked JP, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Olin started calling me that years ago. And I was like, I don't really like this. Oh, I like <laughs> it much better. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's my that's the story for my me. Bullshit Jason, homebrew personality. Uh, Jason just... <laughs> Honestly, and and I'm just being, I'm really being serious. It, yeah, sure. It sounds like I'm talking about somebody else when I say it. I cannot associate that name with you. It doesn't right. sound like you to me. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, not creepy. Well, you can call but me, that, you can call me Mike. Ah, is it, oh. ah yeah, that kind of. <laughs> and I feel, I feel, I feel more comfortable calling calling him McDole than and, I do Tasty because that's how I knew him. I've known right I've known, originally, I've, yeah, right. I've known him for like over ten years, yeah. and and I can still so do McDole. I don't like doing Tasty. That can fit. That'd be even easier. Yeah. But Mike, oh hell no! That again, it's like <laughs> no. I'm talking to an alien. Who is that guy? It feels very just like I would never <laughs> Have you ever call me Scott. I've never called Doc Scott in his life. Ever. If I've ever never. done it, I was high as fuck and oh, couldn't remember man. his name. Yeah. He, he, He's never ever called me because <laughs> it's just weird. That's weird. It's also, not his name. That's not even been... in the dentist chair, Doctor Lotham. Are you gave me too much doctor, of that stuff? No, no then he's not. doctor. I've even been in a room with another doc, and he's still doc. I can't even, even though they'll both turn their heads. I he'll, can't. He'll uh, change the other guy's name <laughs> before. That's true. That's what I've done. Uh, you're now George. All right, done. What do you mean? I've been doc my whole life. Nope, he's doc. There's only one doc. Let's <laughs> call the other guy MD okay. or something. Yeah. Yeah, Jason. Yeah. Ugh, gives me the chills. It is. Should. Yeah, it just gives most people the chills. Makes me feel like I need another stitch in my vagina. You do. You don't? <laughs> I might. Yeah, you're not a proper lady then. <laughs> I will. We should have <laughs> a talk. do it. <laughs> all right, you can find out all these updates we've been talking about over on um, um, uh, Twitter. and I have downloaded the app. It does work. Oh, and it works? Yeah. How's yeah. it sound? Sound good? Uh, it sounded great. It was um, in the middle of Jamal's interview. 
it was playing Jamul on the phone. Jamul. So there's really not a whole lot of lag, it seems like. Good. Lagger. So there you go. I like that. I love it. Yeah. Works. I got it. I got it free. That's great. I would love to. I would love to. I Did like you free. ever... Uh, oh, you didn't have an iPhone anyway, Tasty, so you never had it. to buy... Yeah, so if you bought the other one and you're feeling gypped... <laughs> Shut up and just download the free one and just yeah, average it out. It'll be half the price. I bought the other one yeah. for the price. No, you owned, didn't. Yes, I did. And you oh, still you owe f- me for that. You finally. Yeah. Wow. It feels not that long ago, right? I mean, that's 2011. Like I said, it's nine years ago, but it just doesn't doesn't really resonate as as that long ago. That show was definitely one of our crazier ones. And if you want to reminisce about the days of old, check out the No Beer Show over. In the archives. And now it's time, of course, for everybody's favorite live read. Talking about pubic hair over at manscaped.com. They've released the Lawnmower 3.0. We've talked about the Lawnmower 2.0 for a long time here over on the session, but the Lawnmower 3.0 is out. After 18 months of research and research and development, I'm drunk. Uh, the Manscaped Engineering Team. <laughs> Drunk of the week. Drunk of the week, everybody. Uh, man, you know, going through those archives, I tell you, we had a few Drunk of the Week calls, and I wanted to put them in, but I think we stretched them out over time because you could just call up at that point, even in the middle of a segment. So there was never really uh, – I, I, I didn't find one yet, but but in if we ever do some best ofs after this, I'm definitely going to include some Drunk of the Weeks because – those people out there were nutty, man. We had some really, really good, dedicated listeners. Not that we don't anymore, but uh, we just don't have the, the phone number anymore to prove it. But uh, Drunk of the Week was a good time. But anyway, check it out. If you've used the Lawnmower 2.0, if you have it, it's an easy transition to the Lawnmower 3.0 because it's the same replacement blade with a new and improved skin safe technology it's the third generation manscaped trimmer it features a cutting edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents like bleeding from below the waist never want to do that millions of balls are going to be nick free Sully. i'm telling you right now they've upgraded to a 7000 rpm motor with quiet stroke technology and let's not forget about the charging stand Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a rapid charging dock powered by USB, whatever that means. I still don't know what USB means. I'm going to learn it one day. I don't really know. So go to manscaped.com. You're going to get 20% off plus free shipping with code brewing at manscaped.com. Dot com. Trim that junk of yours. Your balls will thank you. Manscaped.com, 20% off plus free shipping with code BREWING. Manscaped.com. I love it. And it works on your face, too. I've trimmed my beard with it several times. In this in this case, it probably means universally shorn balls. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I mean, look, we're all home. What are we going to do? Right? We got to... If you've never Manscaped before... Yeah. Seriously, never has now. the time been better. Never has the time been better. Take care for that particular package. Absolutely. I just finished my whiskey while you were saying that, and I almost spat it out my nose, which I feel like <laughs> that would have hurt a lot. <laughs> that deer hammer's good, man. All right, everybody. I know I said that uh, this last clip was going to be the last clip, but we have breaking news. A just now emailed to me interview from Justin. 
He's over at our friends Hop Revolution down in New Zealand, and of course he was covering their very first hop harvest. So he uh, did a little interview with them, gave us a little update on what he's doing, and uh, we're going to play it for you right now. We're going to come back and we're going to end the show. So hang tight. Here's a brief word from Justin and our pals at Hop Revolution. Hello, Brewing Network. It's Justin, and I am recording for you from my friend's hop farm, Hop Revolution, in New Zealand. And I've been here for a couple weeks now. Um, I just got to the farm uh, almost a week ago for their very first hop harvest, which is exciting. And we're going to talk about that, of course. That's what we're here to do, give you a little update. Um, but I also, because you've been asking, um, just wanted to give you an update of where I'm at. Thank you for your concern. Um, don't be concerned. The Kiwis are super nice and I'm on this like, you know, almost sheltered island. Things are a lot, um, a lot calmer here right now during the, the COVID crisis than they are back home. Um, and I know that it's getting a little crazy out there and my heart is with you. Um, thank you for asking about me. Um, my flight was scheduled to, co- to go home next week, um, but it got canceled as of yesterday. So, um, you know, I, I don't like to use the word stuck. I get to stay on the island for her a little bit longer and I'll keep you updated. I'll do a whole separate post about what's happening with me, but I just want to give you a quick update that I'm all right. Thanks for asking. And I hope that you guys are okay and taking care of each other also. Um, and speaking of things being a little bit crazy, um, as I mentioned, the very first harvest, uh, which the Brewing Network has in 15 years never gotten to cover a first harvest before. So many hop farms have just been around for so long. Um, and you folks are, are new to this, um, but certainly not inexperienced from what I've seen. Um, or at least you're faking it till you make it. We're glad you came at the end of harvest. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the first couple of days. It's been full on for what, almost a month now? Yeah, we, st- we started on the 24th of February and, okay. and, um, and now it's the 20th of March. So we'll either finish tonight or tomorrow morning. Got it. Yeah. Uh, and, and have things been going well in terms of, we can get into the weeds a little bit later, but in terms of, of yield and did things progress as you expected, Susan? Yeah, like in all honesty, for a first harvest with with pretty little experience um, at my level, it went really well. Okay. I mean, you know, we couldn't be happier with what we produced. Good, good. I've gotten to uh, smell some of the hops. Obviously, we have some on the table here, but uh, even coming onto the farm, just this wonderful, uh, pungent smell, uh, which is a good thing. I mean, sometimes sometimes this it's so aromatic here that it can even, it, it, it it's a little offensive at first. Mm. And, and I realized... At least to me, that's a sign of how floral some of these hops really are. Oh, you're right. I mean, all our utes smell, all our clothes smell. And, right. and I think I'm almost desensitized to it at this point in time. That's right. It yeah. makes sense. Mm. Now, you've had a heck of a workforce here. Um, and I've been watching the tractors, uh, you know, pull down the vines, uh, bring them to the processing facility, which is just outside our door here, hanging them on to the, I don't even know what these things are called, Susan. Just just the hooks. Just the hooks. The yep. hooks. Okay. Yep. Hang them onto the hooks to pull in and, and basically to pull the hot flowers off. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a really labor intensive uh, job. And what kind of workforce do you have here on the farm? Well, we've got about uh, 40 people working here on the farm at the moment. There's 15 permanents and, and they range uh, really from, from local people and people who have moved into the area to work with us. Mm. Um, but th- we're supplemented by good 30 odd 25, 30-odd um, internationals. So okay. we've got uh, young backpackers from Belgium and Germany and Ireland. 
um, who have come through. They're passing through the Abel Tasman, which is a beautiful beach and walking area. So they're coming through in their camper vans, parking up, working with us. Nice. Uh, we've got local local young girls, 16, 18-year-old girls mm. and guys who have, who have finished school and they've come to work with us. Mm. Some of them will employ permanently. Oh. Um, we've got these great Vanuatuans from, uh, you know, from Vanuatu. Who they, we've got about 10 of them. Uh, working with us and they only speak French so it's good we've got some French backpackers who can actually communicate with them but nice. across that group it's a really good friendly group of people and um, uh, but next year we're going to we're going to need you know almost double that number of people okay so, yeah well and does it pay well well it does pay well actually so um, so we're paying them about $22 an hour 23 for the more experienced ones and um, over three or four weeks they can earn some really good money and then oh. just keep traveling so yeah, if any of your listeners are listening and they want to come and work with us <laughs> next this year. time next year yeah. and, and have a holiday in New Zealand, uh, get in touch. Man, when I was a backpacker, twenty-two bucks an hour—that was that was rich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's cool that you have that. You know, the the migrant workers in the U.S. are, are mostly um, you know immigrant farmers and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of cool that you have a mix of that and and young people backpacking through. That's fun. Well, so, I, I mean, the good thing is even though it's super hard work, the crew have lots of laughs together, which nice. I, I think is probably what saved um, a lot of our sanity. Mm-hmm. That you can yeah. sort of joke when. Uh, <laughs> You know, you're pulling 14-hour days. Oh, gosh. And it is all such a rush. It's funny that I've known how this works but never really experienced it. I've never been on a mm. farm during harvest. Mm. And I, it made me think of the um, the Discovery Channel show with the, the, the deadliest catch, mm. right, where these, like, Alaskan fishermen, the, the season is three weeks long or whatever it is, and they're just round the clock. And, and that's kind of what happens with you guys. You work all year for this month. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's very strange business. Yeah. It is. It is. And you, we just gear up. You hope the weather's going to be good. You hope the machinery is going to run. Yeah. You hope the team are going to be here and, um, and you just get into it. You don't really know what to expect. No. You know, we've had a couple of pretty serious rain nights, um, but generally the weather's been fantastic. Okay. We're, we're right on that cusp here in, in Nelson where it's changing from sort of summer to autumn. Mm. So some of the days have been incredibly hot and then other days it's quite cold and we've got snow on the mountains just over the back here now. So the temperature's dropped a bit. You know, we're both in sweatshirts, yeah. but maybe two weeks ago we would have, you know, been in singlets. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that, and so that pushes the harvest forward. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, we, we've definitely, you know, ramped up the speed coming into the later varieties, which is Nelson. It, it's just progressed faster. And with the colder weather. And you have to be fluid with that. I, I experienced it with you. I was sort of slowly making my way here. and Because at that time, even even a, a week and a half ago, you thought that, that harvest would last a little longer. Yeah. And Susan called me uh, the other day and was like, is there any way you can get here sooner? We have to pick this Nelson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And why is it that you have to get it off the, uh, the ground so fast? Well, just Nelson's a variety that's pretty finicky. So, okay. you know, it... it, it, it has that aroma where you know you want to leave it to hang for as long as you can mm. right to the point before it starts turning so you know we had to make a, a bit of a decision yesterday where we actually haven't harvested probably about an acre um, of Nelson because we think it's too far gone and we just don't want to pick oh, it right we don't think it's up to the standard we want for our brewers sure it's so interesting I've heard brewers talk about this um, Vinny talked about it we're gonna do a collaboration mm-hmm. beer with you guys and me and, and Russian River and he was talking about day two, day three of where he likes hops. And what I mean is it's just specific by the day yeah. to some brewers. I, I always thought, well, come on, it's this month. Mm. 
it's to the day. Yeah. yeah. So no. they change that rapidly here at the end. Yeah. yeah, and I mean that's definitely what we've had to to learn as we go through is how to harvest blocks at their peaks. And okay. so you know, it's meant we've we've kind of pivoted. You know, what we thought we'd do on Tuesday, we we've had to push out till Friday, and then mm. other stuff has been brought forward. So it's been a big learning experience for us. Sure. What well, What was really interesting is we we started on the twenty fourth, and we we're lucky enough to have Sean Benson from Roy Farms join the team, and uh, so he's run huge, hugely big. Hop farms and okay. his view was, well, let's start a bit early and run the machine up, get the team, you know, going. And it's all new people; we're all brand new to this. Uh, we had Mark Hansen down from TV Hops, who oh, yeah. runs big the same wolf equipment as us. He came down to work with us, so I was like, let's start a little bit early and uh, and just get everything going. And and that that put us on the front foot. Mm. So we went went into Mochuaca, which is an early mm. early harvest, and we had really good yields out of Mochuaca. So better than what we were expecting, but of course that took a little bit more time. And so the Mochuaka was was really good. And as we were getting towards the end of the Mochuaka, we were making we were looking at our rewalker, saying, "Well, look, we sh- we should be looking at the rewalker now." Mm. But on our farm, we've got we've got rewalker Mochuaka Nelson and and another varietal called Pacific Sunrise. Mm. And uh, Pacific Sunrise has never been commercially grown before, but it's supposed to be a late harvest hop, and we're the only ones who grow it. And we're looking at this Pacific Sunrise and saying, this looks ready to go. Oh, no. And so what we're, we were super lucky. We um, we had Ron Beetson from Plant, New Zealand Plant and Food, who actually was the breeder for that variety. So we got him on the phone, and he's only three quarters of an hour down the road. And we said, Ron, we think this is ready to go now. And uh, we got him onto yeah. the farm. You know, we're super lucky to have his his expertise. And, and he said, yeah, I agree. Let's, you know, get it in now. Okay. And so what we thought was a late variety – Became a early mid variety. As if it's not difficult enough already, <laughs> this has to happen. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. So we got that in um, our rewalker. You know, rewalker is the most challenging, difficult plant. Everyone told us. Yeah. We were like, well, we can make this work. We'll do it. And um, and of course, it's been difficult and equally challenging for us yeah. as for everybody else. So our rewalker, we're super happy with the quality of it, but we just have. Only a little bit of it so. that came out. So I remember yeah. talking about that in our first interview. Mm-hmm. In fact, I made fun of you, Susan, because I was like, "Really, you're it's all challenging enough, and you're going to try to grow the hardest hop at the same time." Yes, yes. <laughs> Naive words were said back then. Um, look, the pl- the plants will settle in. We had an unusual growing season I, and I think almost every grower is going to say they've had an unusual growing season from here on in right so we had a super wet cold spring so the plants salt and then our, our summer was warm but very brief okay we look at it so um I definitely think that rewalker um is as finicky as all the other growers warned me mm. and it's going to take a bit of tweaking to get it right but in saying that some other growers um who have had their plants in longer have sent me gorgeous photos of the massive piles of rewalker mm. that they've harvested. So mm-hmm. um, there should be more on the market. So the so you won't pull the acreage; they have to mature, you know, yeah. over the okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's good. Yeah. And you might we had a, we had silence here for a little while. You might hear the machine just revving up already. They had their their break, and now they're just back at it, harvesting more. Mm-hmm. All that's left now is Nelson, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So the good thing we, we've got quite extensive plantings in Nelson, so we're harvesting it over. About a two-week period, and it's from different locations around our, our 350-acre farm. 
So what that means for us is we're getting a good variation of soil type yeah. as well as early, mid, late. So what we want to show you later on, Justin, is, is the different flavours that we're getting from across the property, which um, yeah. we think will be pretty exciting. I'm excited about that too. Yeah. And then because you say, you know, in fact, you mentioned the block that you won't even harvest because you felt you were just too late. Um, because of the differences, is there a blend that you can do to try to get a consistency across hops? Or you just kind of let the lots speak for themselves? Yeah, I, I think we'll I think we'll almost do the the two point attack uh, there, Justin. We'll, we'll definitely keep some separate because for us, we're learning, and the and the brewers are the guys who are going and girls who are yeah. going to tell us, you know, what to aspire to for future years. Sure. But also, you know, the idea of blending is something you know I, I think we'd probably do to try and give. A consistent product yeah, yeah and i mean that's definitely something we'll be looking to the experts we know in the industry to help us do i love that mm. so i think that the brewery network's going to be part of some of that so we'll mm. actually try to bring home content um one of the cool things um you know you got to look at the bright side especially right now uh is that i do get to stay in new zealand for a little while so we've been talking about different ways that we can collaborate with brewers between Hop Revolution and your hops uh, and the Brewing Network. Um, so I think what we're going to be doing over the next couple of weeks while I'm here is uh, try to get some collaborations going. Yeah. Do some hop selection. Mm -hmm. um, I've got to select hops for Vinny and our collaboration, which I'm a little <laughs> nervous about. So am I, Justin. So am I. <laughs> you know, Vinny felt like he was off the hook because Tom Shellhammer was supposed to be here to help us out. Tom is a uh, hop chemist. Uh, in fact, he could probably be called the hop yeah. chemist um, out of, uh, I guess, uh, Oregon State or University of Oregon. I forget. Tom, I'm sorry that I don't know your exact title. But he was supposed to be here to help. But because of the, the virus, you know, obviously people can't travel anymore. Yeah, no. So... I think we're gonna we're gonna bring in some other professional brewers on the island to help me select hops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're gonna hit up some of the New Zealand brewers who obviously have a pretty extensive experience yeah, brewing yeah. with these hops, and then the um, you know the ultimate challenge is doing a New Zealand versus the US, yes, you know, comparison. So you know, my guys are quietly confident. Yeah. Uh, although very intimidated. <laughs> and I'm just the mule. Like I could just bring the beer from here to there. And you know what, guys, if I have to bring beer back, I'll do that. Too. Oh, yeah, okay? <laughs> I will sacrifice myself. Um, all right. So uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already, because we're really going to be ramping up content, I think, more than we ever have there um, as a way to um, bring entertainment home to people while you're kind of on lockdown mm -hmm. and just to share this experience over here because um, – you guys have got me all excited since I've been on the farm, and so I'm, I'm excited to keep working with you yeah. and make some beer out of this stuff. I know, Susan, that's like your thing now. You're like, I just want to taste some beer. Yeah, well, it's, it's the ultimate. I mean, you know, I, I only grow them, and, you know, we enjoy drinking beer as much as we enjoy growing hops. Sure. So, you know. To get to um, – it must be – I'm going to be there with my camera when you get to kind of taste the first beer because I'm just thinking of that like it would be a little bit emotional for me after all this hard work. And I know you've been working at this for a long time, Susan, like it's a kind of a, a lifelong, you know, passion project for you. So to taste that first beer with your hops, that's got to be exciting. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. I must admit some of the girls and I, we, we were, it sounds slightly silly, but when the uh, machines got switched on for the first time, uh, there were actually a few tears uh -huh, uh, uh -huh. And, and, you know, happy tears. But um, yeah. Beer I, is the ultimate reward. So if I had uh, an infinite budget, next year 
I would plant myself on this hop farm about three months before mm -hmm. and all the way through harvest and do like a reality show about <laughs> what really goes on. Because you've got all the workers, you know, sort of working and living in close quarters. You got you guys and stressful moments, successes. Mm. I mean, it's got reality TV written all over well, it. Well, I think what we should do, if you've got an unlimited budget, is bring down your RV to New Zealand and we can turn it into an accommodation headquarters for our multinational. I think you can select 40 people in that RV. <laughs> Yeah, topic. it's just and about a 20 and the V dub behind it. Yeah, that's so, absolutely true. So. <laughs> you know, I'm game for that. I'm pretty much a dirty hippie, so ever, come on, the more the merrier. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I, I, I don't even need to say good luck anymore. I'd rather say congratulations on your first harvest. Um, and I hope uh, that I think you're going to be done tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Like officially over. Yep. So, so the, we, we just about weren't sending any bales up into the US because with COVID, all of the freight lines were disrupted, in particular when China went down. Okay. Now all of those shipping lines are back up and running into the US. So we're talking to Mill 95 this morning. So we've got four containers on the water. There'll be about another 10, 12 going up there. Great. So we should get everything up into, um, into Mill 95 in mid-May. Um, we're still on track for palletizing, according to uh, to Mill 95. So we're we're hoping that'll all go ahead, and um, uh, and that we'll, we'll hopefully have pallets available end of May, beginning of June. Good, but um, it's a pretty uncertain time. But that's it is, and I'm so I, it, with that, I'm glad to hear that you know you were able to uh, you know get product out there. I know, and I know, Jason, you're you're good at what you do already. Just being around you, immediately uh, I started bringing in information to you guys about COVID. I think more than anyone because it was really happening to me at home, and I could tell you know beyond your concern for me, um, you immediately started to think about global commerce and how this is going to go, and um, I think that that part of the world is going to keep moving. I think it has to. Yeah. And I'm glad to see that you're an example of that. You, you already got stuff headed to the U.S. Yeah. And and I think um, people are naturally optimistic too yeah. and, and yeah. get through stuff. And, you know, we're going to do our best to support all of the brewer customers that we have yeah. and, and, you know, look after people. And, you know, our team here are, are, are all good and there's no one here that's sick. And, there's, you know, it's it's one of those times, I think, the, the positive side of it is everyone looks after each other. So. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and in the beer industry, I, I think that's especially true. So, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting times, but I'm glad that hops are already on their way. That's a good thing. Okay, if you want more information about Hop Revolution Hops, you can go to hopprevolution.co.nz. Mm -hmm. See, yep. have I been here well, long enough? I got us. Now I'm going to go home, and they're going to go, "What's Zed?" What's yeah. <laughs> that uh, Kiwi accent coming yeah. through there? I've learned a couple of things. Um, everything is something as, like cool as, mm -hmm. sweet, sweet as. as. Mm -hmm. One S, ladies and gentlemen, at home. It's A S, sweet as. So that's I'm learning a little bit of slang. It's um, it's funny. You, you haven't mentioned yet. We're actually sitting in a wool shed. Yeah, so, yeah. All the sheep jokes are totally true. <laughs> we, we've um, we've converted a wool shed into Susan's lab. Um, the table that we're sitting at is a um, a, a fleece fleece sorting table. Yeah. That we put some glass on that we've turned into a hop sorting table. But yeah, literally this this um, this is a wool sheet. Yeah. And <laughs> honestly, it's not even the third farm I've been on since I've been to New Zealand. There's farms <laughs> everywhere. Um, and everyone's been very sweet here and very nice to me. So I'll bring you some separate updates, but we just wanted to let you know what was happening here at Harvest, um, which is just about over. Yeah. So the next time uh, you hear from Hop Revolution, uh, it will be really soon because it'll be when we're starting to brew some beer. Yeah. 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 Looking okay. forward to it. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. And uh, take care of yourselves back home. JP and Bebo, don't mess up my show while I'm gone. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, that's all the time we have today, folks. Thank you for joining me. 
on this trip down memory lane. It was pretty fun pulling all these clips for everybody. I had actually really did have a great time uh, considering uh, I was in pretty much every one of them, and it was really annoying to hear my own voice, but hopefully you enjoyed it too. I think the reality is we'll, we'll have to do this a little bit more than we'd like to um, in the coming weeks, but, you know, things move fast, so we'll keep you updated as often as we can. Stay safe, stay home, take care of each other, Wash your hands as often as possible. Uh, Teresa Sully. Uh, oh, actually, Teresa, you start. You want to say anything to everybody before we get out of here? No, other than I miss you guys. Like, it yeah. pains me to know this This has to be remote for now, and I'm looking forward to when it isn't. So, absolutely. Uh, tears to all the people, and hooray for all the leaders in the industry like Sully who are keeping the shit together. There you go, Sully. <laughs> Thank you for the confidence. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, just wash you your hands. <laughs> I'll take the leadership. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, this is uh, this has actually been fun. I mean, it's great. You know, have never have not been on the show with Teresa yet. Like we said earlier, uh, it's it's great to finally be here with you. Uh, I think uh, everybody out there, be safe. Uh, wash your hands and and just just like what JP said, don't pick your nose. Exactly. <laughs> don't pick your nose is the take, number one takedown of our our take home episode. That's true. Oh, my God. You're good. message. Get out of here, Teresa. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for tuning in. I really appreciate it, and uh, we'll see you.